All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob, episode 103, and we have a great show for you guys today. To start it off, I'll be joined by Josh Bilker to talk about everything that's going on in the NBA playoffs, and then later in the show, I will also be joined by Andrew Radcliffe, Big Dog, and Stephen Young to talk a little MLB as we hit the midway point of June. But we're going to start with some NBA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. This is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob do it about twice a week um josh i'll introduce you now how you doing my friend i'm great i'm uh i'm doing great it's it's hot as fuck here though yeah. i gotta say it's it's supposed to hit uh 108 on 108 Friday here here yeah, oh oh I lord am. yeah oh lord yeah not fun not fun but your clippers once again have dug themselves out of a 2-0 hole Kawhi just seems to be addicted to this type of shit um and the, the the Clippers win in a big game last night, 118 to 104. They tie the series again 2-2. They take care of both games at home in Staples Center. And I believe going forward that the Staples Center will have more capacity starting the next game. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I forget what exactly the percentages are for it, but it looks like it's going to be something more mm-hmm. uh, akin to what the rest of the league is like for like yeah. I think seventy five percent. I think because it's still like indoors, it's not. It can't be a hundred percent. Yeah, but like Dodger Stadium, for instance, is hundred uh, percent starting. Mm-hmm. I think today, which is lovely, lovely. I feel like the Giants are never going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be another couple months probably before San Francisco yeah. does it. But. Mm-hmm. We're, we're coming back. We're coming back. Sports are, it's almost there. It's almost it's there. Almost there. Um, and I do want to give a quick shout out to Steven Facer, um, who is a big jazz fan. I've been talking to him quite a bit throughout this mm. series. I texted him in the middle of the game last night. It was just a little reach out, see how he's doing. I said, how are we feeling? He's pretty confused, Josh. Steven's pretty confused, and he couldn't watch it anymore. It was so bad. It was a tough game for those Jazz last night. I mean, I have some first-half stuff to throw at you. The Jazz scored 44 points in the first half, which is very low for them on the season. And also, Donovan Mitchell scores 21 of those 44 points. Um, meanwhile, the Clippers in the first half, to get that 24-point lead, you have Kawhi go for 19. You have George go for 15, being a lot better at a distributor. And it's really making it known in this series. We'll see how it carries on. But also, the unsung hero besides Reggie Jackson of the Clippers playoffs, Marcus Morris, puts up 22 in the first half. Um, what? Let's let you be very optimistic about the Clippers right now. But I will say, I picked the Clippers to go to the finals, and I picked the Clippers to win in six in this series. And despite a tweet from me earlier this week saying Nets, Nets, uh, Nets, uh, Suns. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm going. I'm staying actually with the Clippers. I think Clippers are going to win the West. And what um, about the East? Just real the quick. The East. Yeah, we'll I, get, that's really tough. It's yeah. tough. We'll get to uh, um, what's going on with the Nets injury wise because we were going to yeah. record last night, and in a weird way, thankfully didn't because we got an interesting Harden update this morning. Yeah, yeah. that we that's will get to. Very encouraging. Um, Clippers, though. Uh, yeah, let's quick. get to it. Yeah, I I think. This is the same Clippers team that's been frustrating for the last two years or mm-hmm. so, where they, they're they so fucking good. And, I, and I'm sorry, Steven, but, I mean, the Clippers have a better roster overall than the Jazz. Yes. I, I don't think that's really debatable. The Jazz are probably a better team as, a far, as far as, like, a team goes, though. But, like, Clippers just have more talent. They have th- one of the most talented, top two, top three in the league. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. just have these go-ons. Let me right? jump in. 
I completely agree with what you're saying. And that is why I was riding the Clippers in the series. The one thing where I, I am still riding the Clippers, Josh, but one thing I think I undervalued was the superstar leap that Donovan Mitchell has taken. Yeah, He yeah, has 100%. become, and he was this last year in the playoffs, and he was basically this all season. He is a superstar. I'm not like I'm not gonna get into the whole rank where he ranks specifically, but he is the type of player we talk about it with Luca. We've seen it with Trey Young as well. Um, I would say Donovan Mitchell's better than Trey Young. That's um, cl- I don't know, man. It's it's close. I I don't know if I can do that yet. I I kind of like not yet. I guess because Donovan Mitchell's older, but like I I think Trey Young's a little bit better. Interesting. I just, interesting. For what what he's done, what he's done against the Sixers team, and obviously the Knicks last season, last uh, series, and just completely silencing MSG, mm-hmm. like that's that's insane. I, I, it's really close though. I I don't know who I like a little bit more, but mm-hmm. obviously like Donovan Mitchell, what Donovan Mitchell's doing is fucking incredible. It's obviously. incredible, and and I mean before you get back into the Clippers, another thing I want to point out is that the Jazz are a very hard team to put away with how yeah. fast they play and the amount of threes they can get up in a hurry. Um, and so that was a huge, huge thing for the Clippers, I think, last night, holding on to that league in the second half. And, I mean, I was joking with you, like this would be a, clapper, a classic Clippers collapse, and they held it off. Kawhi seemed to get a big bucket whenever they needed. Paul George, similarly. Reggie Jackson hit some big shots. But I'll let you take the stage at this point. You know who had a great game, Josh? Your guy, Luke canard yeah yeah he's great honestly one mistake they made is not playing him enough i feel like in the second half because i mean they, he had a good little stretch and they got 12 quarter. minutes yeah but I, i'm just saying like maybe you want maybe like 17 or something like that terrence man too i think he, he's pl- he was plus 15 last night he mm-hmm. has the most plus minus than any other clipper on and this you're playing beverly roster. more than both those guys how do you feel about that I okay, so I kind of like Beverly in in this matchup specifically. Mm-hmm. I think he's 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 a dog, and he's gonna do exactly what he should be doing, I guess. And a little 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 dirty a lot of the time too. Where yeah. I think you you could probably call like twenty fouls on him that just are never called on him throughout the series. But um, I think he's tenacious, and I think he's exactly what you want out of a playoff guy in 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 your team. Right? Is you want a guy mm-hmm. to completely pick it up defensively on the floor and just completely run for every loose ball and it's and it's it's an engine that i think keeps because mm-hmm. that's something i think we we have a problem with the clippers is that was what i was starting going to start with is that they're the better team but they just don't stay consistent they they just mm-hmm. show these flashes of it and so that's a problem is they're, they're just their motor is just not consistent enough but they have the ability to go into seventh and eighth gear constantly mm-hmm. but it's just with like their backs against the wall it's like they need that almost you know I, I really think it's it's honestly it's uh, from last year they want to do it in a way that would be they don't want to be have the upper hand I don't think I, I just think the Clippers in general is just mm-hmm. they just don't do well in in the spotlight as an organization because as soon as that happens you saw what happened last year is the Laker yeah. fans coming and completely shit all over us and yeah probably rightfully so so it's. I, I think this uh, this Clipper team showed me something in the first half that they, they just looked locked in, played some of the best basketball I've seen from this this unit specifically. And Morris has been was, – was good that game, but he's been pretty not great. Yeah, he's uh, the – you can tell how the Clippers are doing kind of based on if he's having a terrible or a good yeah. game. But one thing we shouldn't gloss over, Josh, 
Paul George and Kawhi both get over 30 points. If you're the Clippers, that is exactly what you were hoping for when you signed these guys. You want those two wings who can get you those points in these situations. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's that's one thing is it just Paul George never seemed to have a good game. But did you mm-hmm. know what was crazy is they said in the stat in the broadcast last night, Paul George has had 20 points or more in every single game in the playoffs this season. Don't we think that's a little inflated, though? We've been watching him in the playoffs. Well, that's what I mean, though. Isn't that crazy? Because I was like, there's no way. And I looked it up and I was like, holy shit. He literally scored 20 points three times. And in, in so far, what has this been? Uh, 11 games now. But mm-hmm. like so. But yeah, I mean, all those 20 point performances were stinkers. I mean, he shot like 20 points, 20 shots in Mm -hmm. a game and really only made five of them and then put the rest up in the free throws but I mean still I mean the consistent 20 points is still nice to have considering I mean I mean as 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 much hate as Paul George gets I just want to I just feel like he he deserves some credit when he has a good game just as much as he deserves credit when he has a bad game yeah yeah so I mean and also like I mentioned earlier the distributing we've seen from Paul George has been a game changer a little bit with this Clippers team Um, no Rondo no yeah. need for Rondo at all, which is no need for Rondo. Wild for me. Yeah, yeah it, it, I think that's because uh, with the Mavs compared to the Jazz, you can't really hide many people when you're guarding the Jazz. Yes, no, one hundred percent. They have the uh, they have the guards and the wings and the perimeter play. I think to really make almost any team pay, and that's why they've been so good. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Uh, the the biggest thing to me is why the Clippers have somewhat came back in the series or unlocked the series, whatever you want to say, is really just how they've played Donovan Mitchell and trapped him constantly. Even though he's mm-hmm. still putting up ridiculous numbers, they just haven't been great as great games as the first two mm-hmm. games. They're making it game work harder for it. Way harder. And, I mean, you got to think if you have Mike Conley in that lineup, you have another guy that can make decisions yeah. for you. I have, you know, I've, got, I've got some Mike Conley stats for you, Josh, but sure. one second. I'm going to make sure this window is closed behind me. You mentioned Mike Conley. Um, so I was thinking about this last night because it was brought up. You see him a couple times on the sideline. I was like, how much are the Jazz really missing Mike Conley? Well, he had the best plus minus on the Jazz this year. Better than Mitchell. Better than Gobert. He was plus 10 point, ten ten and a half points when he's on the floor. He obviously also is someone who can feed Gobert. He's really good at getting Gobert those looks close to the basket, which is vital points for this Jazz team. And Donovan Mitchell is better than Mike Conley, definitely, but as a distributor to Gobert, he's not. And so I Mm -hmm. think that, um, yes, the Clippers are on a run right now, and yes, I would favor them, but I do think that the Jazz, it's understated how much this Jazz team is missing Mike Conley but at the same time, injuries happen in the playoffs, and you got to kind of deal with it. Yeah, I mean, not that it's the same level. I mean, but the Clippers are missing Serge Ibaka. I mean, that's obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like what half the impact maybe. But honestly, against Gobert, this is exactly the series that Ibaka was going to destroy on. I, I that's think, a big. That's like a that. big loss. It is going forward too. Is I, he's he's literally the one of I would say probably like top five small ball centers in the league as far as like a, a Baca at center, just as far as how good of a shooter he is, how much of a spacer he is, and a how good rim protector. And a good mm-hmm. perimeter player, too. I mean, so that's the thing. is, And right now you have Batum, who's been great, honestly, a small ball he's center. He's been so that. great. He's been so f- – I fucking love the, the – I've never had – him and Trey Young both, I've had like the most 180 switch of this season as far as like a player I actually kind of came around on because – 
Batum I looked like Batum. a walking corpse. Exactly. I mean, I loved Batum Mostly, when yeah. he was on Portland. Uh, what was that, like five years ago or so yeah. now? But, mm-hmm. uh, he had some decent years on Charlotte, and then he got overpaid. And then he got, yeah, and then he averaged like .9 points per game last season. And, and somehow he's been the lankiest dude in, in the entire fucking planet. He's, he's so mm-hmm. fucking – he just – I feel like he gets a hand on every loose ball, every yeah. like stray pass. It's, it's ridiculous. Him and and it seems Bull, like he's shooting 80% from three. That's he, – his three-point actually hasn't been going well this, uh, this series, at least against the Jazz. I feel like he's missed a lot. It doesn't even matter. It, it every time no. that dude releases it based on these playoffs, I, I feel like it's going in. Same thing with Reggie Jackson, but Josh – the unfortunate thing we need to talk about as we wrap up here on Clippers Jazz, Kawhi didn't finish that game. Yes, the Clippers were up by a bunch, so maybe it didn't matter. But we did see that leg injury. He was hobbling. There's a couple defensive possessions where you saw that he couldn't put quite put that same amount of pressure on that right knee, I believe. Yeah. How worried are we? I'm pretty worried. Uh, not necessarily... Like it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be one a storyline going forward and just constantly a thing where I think Kawhi has been one of the best players in this playoff so far like by far I think his forty five point game in um what I guess he's been Mavis. the best he's been I'd say he's probably been it's either him or um, Donovan Mitchell yeah maybe Mitchell and Chris Paul's making a later a late case for mm-hmm. it too as of the Nugget series but. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I mean, he's he's either because Durant. We haven't had a really excellent Durant game yet. Is, is and that might thing. be coming, my friend. That might be tonight. I mean, well, I guess this afternoon and this evening, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's the thing. Is the two way ability of Kawhi Leonard is is was kind of I feel like has been a little understated and underrated this past yeah. year or two. It and, has. Uh, and it, you saw the moments in these series, Josh. You saw it with Dallas when. And you've seen it with the Jazz that when that dude locks in, it's scary. The what dunk he can over do on both ends. Oh my the god! The dunk over Derek Favors was so nice. was insane. It was one of the best posters I've seen. I mean, this is hyperbole, but the best poster I've seen on a Clipper for a Clipper since Blake Griffin. Like, easily. that's probably true. Yeah, because I mean, there's just hasn't been that many exciting. Michael Green didn't get you too excited last year with any big dunks. <laughs> I like I like Jamichael Green, but but of yeah. course you do. Yeah, I do. I do. I like the. I like a lot of these weird role guys on these Clippers teams. I just feel like these like kind of Swiss Army knife players are really mm-hmm. good. You know, it's the yeah. Batum's of the world, the Terrence Manns of the world. Um, Go on. though, so with this Kawhi injury, though, I am still leaning Clippers in six. Depending on the severity of Kawhi's injury, I will go Clippers in seven. Um, I think this series just switched, and I yeah. think the Clippers are going to. I mean, I could be wrong. But I think they're going to kind of boat race through the rest of this series. And I love you, Stephen Fazer. I'm sorry. Josh. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen Kawhi hobbled, carried the Toronto team to a title. So I'm not yep. too worried about him dropping off too much. But it's just it's still just a shame because I want to see Kawhi full force 100% because I think they are going to need him. for. I mean, obviously, they're going to need him for Phoenix at, at his best, I think, because Phoenix has hit another mm. gear. They might need him for the rest of the series. Yeah, that's true too. Honestly, like I, I or two yeah. too. Yeah, and and even Conley could be waiting in the wings in game yeah. six or seven. I don't think five. It seems a little too soon from what I've heard. Yeah, but six could be likely. Seven, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want to work him back. In game if he seven. if they lose game five, he'll be there game six. 
for I sure. I think so too, right? He's got to be. He's got to yeah. be right there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's now go to the other game we had yesterday: Hawks seventy sixers. That series tied two two. Just a wild game. The Sixers, I believe, go up by like fourteen at halftime. The Hawks storm back. Let me go through a little stats here for you, Josh, before we jump into this game. Yeah. Trey Young, who has just impressed the both of us so much these playoffs run this playoff run, and has proved us wrong, especially me. Twenty five points last night, eighteen assists, four rebounds. Bogdanovich, twenty two points in this game, big shot after big shot. Um, side note, and I want this to only last like fifteen seconds. Would the Bucks be the finals favorite if they had Bogdanovich? I think so. Yeah, I, I probably think so. Instead of you know, instead of the DiVincenzo, Pat Connington. I mean, I say this every time, but if but. if you have just a, a, this guy in there, yeah, absolutely, I think mm-hmm. so. Especially uh, John, against this Nets team too. Yeah, John Collins, big uh, rebounding game, twelve points, thirteen rebounds, and then when you go to the um, Philadelphia side, we get a little more a better picture of what happens in this game. Um, let me pull up. What was the final score of that, Josh? 103-100. So it's a three-point game in Atlanta. It was very close. And um, Embiid, in the se- Embiid, so he finishes with 17 points, 21 rebounds. 13 of those points in the first half. He goes 0 for 7 in the third quarter. And he scores four points in the entire second half. Tobias Harris gives you 20. Simmons gives you 11, 12, and 9. Seth Curry gives you 17 points. Um, if we're looking at... The turnovers in this game, Philadelphia turned the ball over 12 times to Atlanta's four. In the third quarter, Joel, like I said, scores zero points. Trey Young scores nine. Second half, Atlanta outscores Philadelphia 54-38. to 38. Um, you, you know Joel Embiid's in trouble, Josh, when he starts settling for threes and a little uh, those little fadeaways. Yeah. Credit to Capella putting up a good fight against him. I just think that, I was a t- that was about as bad as a Joel Embiid performance you're going to see in a second half. And I feel I like mean, that's he hit how four shots the entire game, only yeah. four four shots. I mean that's and insane. It's insane. And um, I I both times Philly has lost to Atlanta and Atlanta's won. It's been like Philly has had like worst case scenarios in some point. But I don't want to take anything away from the Hawks. Obviously, we're tied at two two. This is a whole new series. I'm still favoring the 76ers. But even though the 76ers just lost, Josh, I couldn't help but thinking about this last night. And I know we've talked about this, but I'm ready to make a big statement on it. The Seth Curry for Josh Richardson trade. <laughs> I mean, and we'll talk that about that a little later when we talk about Luka and the situation in Dallas. Yeah. I can't think of a worse trade in recent memory. Not, I mean, like the Harden trade looks pretty bad. But, like, let's get rid of superstars. Seth Curry for Josh Richardson is one of the worst trades in recent memory. It's unreal. The Mavs beat the Clippers if they have Seth Curry. I I would say the poisoning is for <laughs> oh. the only, the only, the but only. Uh, oh, the draft picks, yeah. The only good thing that they, they got that the reason why I don't think it's complete disaster is the Mavs got Tim Hardaway Jr. in that deal. <laughs> Him, he was a jewel, <laughs> gem of crazy? that somehow. Isn't that crazy? He outplayed Kristaps yeah. Porzingis, the throw-in to that deal. Outplayed Kristaps mm-hmm. in that in that series. Uh, yeah, I I can't think of a bad. Because what's crazy is I still. I mean, I was a defender for this trade, you know, to the bitter end. Basically, mm-hmm. I I like I I really liked Justin you. You were, Wilson, and I and, shat um, on it from the moment it happened. 
Well, I just think no. I mean, it's a good idea in theory, right? You need perimeter play. You need tough guys defense wise from uh, from points, from your though. Dallas wings. You do need points, but they thought Josh Richardson would be not as good of a three point shooter, obviously, but still a catch and shoot guy at the very do least. Do we realize how much money Josh Richardson has made basically by that like three to four month run he had with the Heat that one year, where the Heat almost came back and made the playoffs and they didn't, and he basically has made a hundred million dollars off that. No, he's he has not made a hundred mil. He's he's on like a thirteen million dollar contract, I believe, something like that. He's in the fifteen millions. I thought he was 20s. like four for eighty. I'll look this up, but I'm I'm like ninety percent. Okay, if he sure still if he like, makes seventy million for that, it's ridiculous. If he makes sixty million for that, it's ridiculous. What is Josh Richardson contract? Let's get this four up. year four years forty one million. Yeah, so ten ten million a year. So I you were you were like doubling that. That's but he yeah he does have a, a little, player that's option. Not so. okay. The salary, while it is overpaid, is not the worst part. I guess it's really just getting rid of Curry. But let's get back to this Hawks seventy sixers game, Josh. Um, do you have any takeaways from this other than oh, we I think saw it's, him- his, it's his birthday, by the way. I think. Oh. Happy birthday, Josh Richardson. You suck. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. What were you saying? No, no worries. Hawks 76ers, besides us seeing one of the worst games we could possibly see from Joel Embiid, what do you take from this? It is not Josh Richardson's birthday, by the way. I, it oh, said good. that on Fuck the contract him. website. It was he. It was 27 and zero days. So I was like... Oh, I guess it's his birthday then. But no, it's not. It's in September. Sorry. Okay. So you were you're asking about Joel Embiid. Um, well, no. So we have like this is the worst possible like game you could see from Joel Embiid. Yes. But so if yes. you're the Hawks, if you're rooting for the Hawks, you're if you're a Sixers fan, you're rooting for the Sixers. What do we take in the series going forward? Because I'm not really sure. It's, it it kind of seems before you go, like I'll jump in really quickly. It just kind of seems if the 76ers can avoid shooting themselves in their own foot and just playing 76ers basketball, they should be able to easily win. But that obviously hasn't been the case. And I'm underrating Atlanta a little bit because the amount of scoring they can do. And they've been playing good defense, too. Just just wild. Um, am I dumb to think, like, simplistically thinking just like, I think Philly will take care of this probably in two straight games? What do you think? I think the one thing you're not considering right now is the fact that they have Doc Rivers as their head coach, who oh, honestly, I think this this loss is is on Doc for sure. Like, you just got to do something different towards the end. When they're going on these stretches, they're calling the – honestly, I, I got to be honest, uh, the uh, the Philly timeouts that I've seen, just the, when they call their timeouts are just some of the dumbest fucking timeout calls I've seen. Doc Rivers is most like, overrated coach of the last, like, 20 years. Potentially, I mean, he won one. I don't even think and, it's close. And the players love him. Obviously, I guess he's he's a big player coach. Uh, no, players and, like know, Terry Stott, so that's true. I mean, they don't know. True, they don't necessarily know because honestly, you know who seems like the worst player head coach. Speaking of, is is Michael Malone on Denver? Seems like such a dick. Like I would not. Oh, uh, see, play I for think him. he's my favorite coach in the league because he's a dick. You think? No, I think he's. Well, I just a feel couple like things. He's hard nosed. You gotta be, and I like to see that. Yeah. I could take that. I mean, I'm not. I can't play in the NBA, obviously. But the other reason I think I like Mike that. Malone so much is that all my friends are diehard Kings fans, and they love Mike Malone, <laughs> and they didn't keep him, and yeah. now he's built a juggernaut in Denver. Um, I mean, I I have Mike Malone, um, Spolstra. 
That's those are like my guys. But um, I see what you mean of Mike Malone not necessarily being a players coach because I mean, basically every other coach in this league is a lays on their belly yeah. and lets the players do whatever right. they want. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I just feel like every time Denver loses, it's always Michael Malone saying we were soft, like we need to be better. Like it's constantly critiquing them, and I've just never in this today's NBA, I just haven't heard a coach completely go at these that at their own players really like at all mm-hmm. and that's what they i'm sure that's what they need i'm sure Jokic probably thrives off a kick in that's the ass doc should do yeah honestly that's the thing is i feel like doc doesn't really like i i i don't know i i just think he needs to he needs to kind of set joel and beat aside kind of let someone else create because as good as seth curry's been for you i i just don't love I, I don't love him being, like, the guy. I think that's why you got oh, Tobias tough. Harris. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, like, you, you get Tobias Harris to create for you. He had a good game. I didn't even see him touch the ball in the final possession. And also, I forgot who had the ball. Shake Milton had Shake the Milton ball. should have pulled up on that shot. He should have. I don't understand. He was so yeah, was fucking scared open. of the moment, and he yeah. wanted Seth Curry to take a double-clutch three-pointer that was played really good defense on, by the way, I got to say. Yeah. For, but, like, I mean, Seth Curry had a great game. Obviously, I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was seven for nine up to that point, uh, three for five from three. And insane. The biggest thing takeaway, though, I think for Atlanta going forward is Trey Young isn't right. He doesn't yeah. seem completely 100%. not 100 percent right now. And he still had one of the best games I've seen him play on top of that. Which he threw a pass yesterday where yes. he jumped in the air for a layup and he somehow rocketed that thing out at like 100 miles per hour to the corner right to the shooting pocket Perfect. to John Collins. It Perfect. was magnificent. It was that such was, a beautiful pass. I literally like, that was the play that I was in, in my mind thinking of. It was one of the best plays I think I've seen, you know, this whole playoffs, probably, probably mm-hmm. top five. And well, I think... Yeah, just to have that pass, to have be that accurate on top of that, just completely there. And Trey Young was – he had an open layup. I mean, he could have really yeah. gotten for a floater, and they knew that. That's what they were probably anticipating. And he kicks it out to the corner. Trey Young, 18 assists, which you've already mentioned. Unreal. Two turnovers. Is, is, what's the roadmap, though? Like, if I were to tell you, yeah, if I were to, like, come back from the future and be like, yeah, Josh, uh, the, the Hawks beat the Sixers, are you stunned – or you're like, oh, well, I guess that makes a little sense because I mean, this is a bit. The 76ers were a big favorite. I'm stunned. I I would absolutely be floored if if the Hawks still manages yeah. manage to win the series. I I agree with you, just because the Sixers have so much more talent, so much more size, so much better defenders to throw at Trey Young and and can, can kind of completely shut him down. Maybe Bogdanovich is the play instead. Yeah, uh, I, but the. Also, really quickly, the, Tobias Harris needs to take more advantage of that Bogdanovin matchup on offense and yes. take him into the post. Because when he does that in the, the first half, it works almost all the time. And I feel like he did it in either late third quarter or a mid-fourth last night, and he missed. And they never went back to it, but it was still a good look. So, um, I think my, my opinion is I think Embiid got frustrated and wanted to like will himself out of this hole and, and win this game for them. And, and I think that's just when Doc Rivers needs to literally step in and say, you still have a partially torn meniscus. Can you just yeah, like, other you've, been on great. you've been great the rest of the series, but just, just, you know what, let, you know, Ben Simmons, let Tobias Harris kind of take this one over. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. He was, he was, Joel Embiid was a mess and he just kept hunting shots and just terrible hook shots that usually go in for him to be fair, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't his night. And I think sometimes you just kind of got to be passive. You got to do the, uh, 
what player did that again? I think it was Larry Bird, where if he wasn't having a good shooting night, he would just grab 20 rebounds, which Embiid did. But yeah. He got zero. Um, Kobe yeah. did something like that, too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a winner's mentality. I think that's what you, that's what a champion is, is when you don't – it's it's like the exact opposite of Paul George, right? Not to, mm-hmm. not to I mean, dude, if you're a Hawks fan, though, every time Joel Embiid won takes a three or yeah. squares up on Capella – and doesn't drive, you're jumping up and down. Absolutely. That's what, you, that's what you want every single time. So we'll see. Like you, I would be stunned if the Sixers can't figure this out. But let's go to uh, another game, uh, series we have here in the Eastern Conference, Josh. The Bucks and Nets series is tied at 2-2. The Nets took take the 2-0 lead. It's like a foregone conclusion that the Nets are going to boat race to the finals and win. Now we're, we find ourselves in a very different scenario after the Bucks win the last two games. Um, Kyrie Irving, right ankle sprain, looked pretty bad. Not quite sure on the timetable of his return, if he will return this series. James Harden has obviously been out since like four, 43 seconds into this series with the hamstring. Um, we didn't think we'd be seeing him anytime soon, but a report did come out this morning that James Harden is going to do everything he can possibly do to play in game five so we will see how effective he is and if he is able to do that and if you build he's able to make really a difference in the series um but the bucks are in the driver's seat of this series right now i don't think that's a question especially with the injuries um a couple things though i want to say the bucks are in the driver's seat but i don't feel particularly inspired based on the way they've been playing i don't think they've been playing that well compared to what we've seen from the bucks and the one thing that's been really shocking to me, Josh, Drew Holiday has not played well. And I've given Chris Middleton a bunch of shit. Chris Middleton has played well. He's doing his thing. Drew Holiday has not, and that's shocking to me. He seems like the guy who would always be able to come through. And maybe it's just this series. If they can get past, maybe we see a more electric Drew Holiday. But I don't like what I've been seeing from Drew Holiday in the series. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't I don't really know what the issue is for him necessarily because he just doesn't seem to be as aggressive or just as dominant as he was in the Miami series. And I, I really don't know what that is. If anything, he should be, you know, these are the perimeter players that he should be playing against. Is Kyrie Irving. He should be able to jump at that opportunity, kind of show up. I mean, he's this is the guy that shut down Damian Lillard. <laughs> You know, in in yeah. one playoff that we kind of we we always give Drew Holiday credit for and deservingly for sure. He's been but riding I mean, that I, high for years. We have for sure, and, and the thing is, we had this whole you know sing song of praise for Drew Holiday after the Heat series, and just we were heralding him for years as the most underrated player in the NBA, arguably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think you know this is kind of what. What the main media, I feel like the majority of people see from Drew Holiday is these games. These kind of more, mm-hmm. a little bit more passive. He was, he was good. He hit the uh, that one clutch shot though in Game Three. That was yeah, like the ridiculous spin move to to win it for them even. Uh, so I, I think he's been, he's been fine. He just needs to be better, like for sure. For especially because Middleton was atrocious games one and two, mm-hmm. um, and Giannis bounced back. I don't, I still don't love Giannis. Giannis, it's yet. it's tough because I'd say games one through three of this series with Giannis, the way he would like backpedal and then go at Blake Griffin, it was just always kind of a nightmare. 
Um, game four, I thought he did a good, better job of like changing his pace, his speed, and get doing a little more Euro steps to get easier looks off instead of just putting his head down and running into a wall like he has been doing. But really quickly, because I brought up Blake Griffin, I mean, yeah. oh my God. Blake, like, I know it's tough here, but like he's back. Like he's, I'll take listen. I'll take it. I'll take the loss on this one. I was wrong about Blake Griffin. I was. He's 100%. hitting step back threes. He's playing D on Giannis. He's Athletic doing dunks. all the little things. He's dunking on people. Like, yeah, the, the the effort level. He's probably or I mean, I get it. The Pistons had no chance of making the playoffs. I guess, but I mean, he's like a completely different player. If you were able to show the league, like all the teams like, Hey, this is what he actually can do. There's no way he would have been bought out. It would have been a trade. People would have wanted him. Um, I mean, watching this, I'm pissed off. The Warriors didn't go after him. Something yeah. like that. But yeah, no, um, Blake Griffin has been great. And I wanted to mention that. But the other thing as we look forward in the series, Josh, the Nets role players, we've seen it with Joe Harris. They're going to suffer a bit because it's going to start. Joe Harris is going to Claxton, all these guys, Bruce Brown, they're going to start realizing that it's a lot more hectic when you don't have Kyrie and Harden out there and you just have Katie, or maybe the stretches where Katie's not in the game. You're going to get a lot more attention, a little more pressure on Joe Harris, and a little tighter defense. So I think that's another thing that's working in the Bucks' favor going forward in this series. Literally all signs point to the Bucks, Josh. But the Nets have the best basketball player on the planet. And... This may sound stupid. This may be cold takes. Landry Shamit? Yeah. Sorry. I'm shocked. I'm not. I would be surprised if Kevin Durant loses this series. I kind of agree. I I just think that what they've done to this Bucks team, just kind of mentally, is still something that should still. They've broken. I still feel they're doing exactly what they should be against Giannis and defensively in general. I thought the big bodies were going to be way too much for this Nets team. I, I guess we should just stop making opinions about defense. I think about we what should just teams stop be making good. any like decisions based on what we saw in the regular season yeah. of a basketball game because right. none of it fucking matters. No, not at all. Because once things get tighter, once you kind of force people into what you see and you play a team seven times in a row, you know things kind of really get nailed out, and that's why I love the NBA playoffs. It it really. I, to me, it's one of the best ways of deciding who the victor is in, in like a head-to-head matchup in any other sport. Because it's not, it's just, it's pound for pound, your best players after best player, and you kind of figure out other teams, and you can kind of see what you can do against certain things and what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But exactly, Giannis yeah. forcing Giannis into a a spot up three point shooter. He shot a, eight threes the other night, and that should be illegal. It should be, and and he also takes twenty seconds for a free throw, which I, I think is a really dumb. I, I hate that rule. I'm gonna be honest. That that whole, I just I don't I don't love that rule call. You know. Yeah, I don't either. But it's also like Giannis, fucking figure it out. Like you, you should, you're right. You should shoot your free throws faster. Uh, when I'm thinking about this, though, one thing is that uh, I feel like this entire year there's been an aura of mystery around the Nets. Of like they're resting players, are they really hurt? What's been going on? Are they load managing? Because it kind of appeared, at least, that they were load managing on like any team we've ever seen before. And so that led us to be a little skeptical, maybe, of certain injuries if they're maybe just playing it down so they can get rest. And I think we will get some sort of answer to that night. 
tonight, Josh, though. Like, if Harden comes in and is clearly hobbled, it will be like, okay, maybe these injuries they'd been dealing with all year weren't just heavily influenced by load management. If he comes out and looks 100%, then I don't know what to believe. Like, I truly have no idea what to believe. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. The, um, I don't know. I still lean nets. I still lean nets. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. It's Kevin Durant. Yeah. And, and, and that's enough too, honestly. I said at the, what, uh, last episode that, if the Nets don't have Harden for this entire series, I don't even know if it matters. I still think the Nets. But could Harden win this. and Kyrie is where it gets interesting. One hundred percent. I think and we're that, gonna see Harden before Kyrie. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think Kyrie's gonna be out for the rest of the series. And, and I think Kyrie could miss playoffs, maybe the first like two games of the next series or something like it. I it looked agree. bad. And can, um, can I throw this theory though? Is it? I I'm sure I haven't seen this flown around, but I'm sure people have been saying it and thinking it is the basketball gods punishing this Nets team for, for an improper, improper team uh, what, 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 uh, building of this yeah. mm-hmm. is, is what it is. I, I mean, like Kyrie, Kevin Durant, like that. you know, completely burn their bridges, completely burn down their, their, their last organization, their last teams. Easy, and, easy. They didn't burn it down. We're going to be back next I mean, year. I mean, relationships. Yeah, so yeah. They, they, they've completely – I guess, I don't know. I, I guess you still have good relations to – Kevin Durant appreciate what he's done for you but like, yeah I just sure. I mean he was just like a he's just a bad motherfucker that won a bunch of titles so it's like sure. sweet it's yeah no I understand it's kind of I mean kind of Kawhi with Toronto I guess yeah. a little bit too but mm-hmm. uh, but what what Durant did it was a little seemed a little bit pettier with with him wanting to go to Brooklyn yeah I mean but that's the kind of guy he is I don't I don't mean yeah to, I, I, I don't get how you would choose to play with Kyrie over Steph I still yeah. won't understand that but and then, That's besides the Harden, point. Harden, of course, asking his way out of Houston. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, fucking that was situation. one of the worst. Like, uh, I think looks it, for a player requesting a trade ever. I think how it bad is that was like the worst. Like basketball situations for that player. Like what you see from the outside and just seeing this guy completely. He like didn't change the narrative at all that he was wearing like the fat suit, which was just like him iced up or whatever. Yeah. Which was so also what crazy. comes to my mind when I think of equally like bad things so like when ad wanted out of new orleans that was not great um this is different but just rondo in dallas was a nightmare i just kind of think about that from time to time yeah um, you're actually you're you're absolutely right i think it's just because harden's just a high profile player and in a yeah. he's in a big organization as well and then of course the blake griffin fiasco as well uh is is still yeah. something to get the bot out and buy out and then also to just kind of Quote unquote, Remember when they had Lamarcus Aldridge? You're right, that too. I mean, there's. I just think that we're there's planting the seeds. There's, there's yeah, a lot um, of a lot of bad karma, I think, for this Nets team. And I mean, but we both still are leaning. Matter. We're both still, it appears, leaning Nets. I, I kind of am, and I feel really yeah, dumb same. about it because Giannis could completely shut me up. But I just, from what I've seen from this Bucks team, it just still doesn't seem like it's enough. Yeah, I'm choosing the Nets based on. My least favorite thing in all of professional sports to watch is Brooke Lopez taking threes. It's That's awful. your least favorite thing? In, it's in awful. entire basketball. Yeah, like, it's just... The motherfucker a couple times is being guarded by, like, Kyrie or Landry Shamit, and he's taking a three. And I don't care if you're going to be like, oh, he shoots a good percentage. 
not that great. I mean, good for his size. It's just awful. Like, yeah. I, 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 it's just not fun to watch. Basketball is entertaining, and Brooke Lopez standing on the three-point line shooting threes is one of the worst things in basketball. So I'm leaning Nets, maybe solely because of that. Just kidding. I'm leaning Nets because of KD. But let's go to the Suns. They just swept the Nuggets, Josh. Uh, we are in the midst of the Chris Paul respect tour. Everyone is vaulting him up their all-time rankings lists. I think Chris Paul may have already won the NBA Finals. Um, the internet is ablaze with CP3 praise. I have been one to be annoyed by CP3. Kind of pisses me off from time to time. That is still true. I still think he's a little D-bag. But, I mean, the run he's on right now in the playoffs, he's been spectacular. This The Suns team they have around him, I mean, it's it's just a perfect fit for him. And, I mean, I think this is probably his best shot, weirdly, in his entire career at a title is this Suns team this year. And so, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of this respect he's getting. He's been incredible. Um, what has been your takeaway, Josh, on not only this Suns sweeping the Nuggets series with Chris Paul, but just kind of Chris Paul's effect in Phoenix? No, I mean, it's 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 been incredible for sure. I mean, it's just it's like the ultimate confidence booster, I think, to have a guy like Chris Paul, right, that knows exactly what to do. I mean, I, I think you could probably count on one hand this whole season of, like, basketball mistakes Chris Paul makes on the floor. Yeah, and, it's and been it's, incredible. And it's ridiculous. I mean, he's he's literally one of the smartest players I think I've ever seen. The best point guard since Magic Johnson. Except maybe, okay, Curry. Curry. Curry, but... Yeah, like, that's the one thing. I didn't want to have to say this because I liked that. everyone to have their Chris Paul time and yeah. be very happy about it. But I have seen some things like what you just said. If he's the best point guard since Magic Johnson, he is like a passing pure point guard. If that's, that's what we're saying, more of what I meant. But like Curry Paul is not a conversation. I agree, and okay. to me, it's just the fact that Curry to me just doesn't feel like a point guard, even though he is. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's he just kind of he plays the position completely differently than what it's like. Done. The modern him and Dame are like the new and Kyrie are like the Absolutely. modern Trey point Young guards. too is going to be yeah. right there too. I mean, you have a lot more disciples of that school of thought and and position than you do but that's what i meant more is just like as far as like a, a pure point guard he's second best point guard probably of all time probably i maybe third behind uh, depending on where you put like oscar robinson and isaiah uh, isaiah jerry west potentially too but he's stockton kind of a two guard too stockton stockton's a good one i chris paul and stockton's really close for me actually i, I don't know well i think chris paul stockton isaiah is close yes. yeah i magic's definitely like a tier better than them for mm-hmm. sure yeah but definitely i think chris if chris paul wins this title for instance i think I'm, he involves stockton and isaiah se- yeah i think he's second and potentially pushing magic if he could maybe push another season no like there's no way he ever touches magic i mean if he wins he would have titles, to win five he would have to win like five five five's not happening but if he wins oh, two titles he's not touching magic okay all right you're right you're, you're, settle you're down, right settle down settle down um but the Aiton Booker Bridges young combo, Josh, in terms of young nucleuses around the league, we always talk about that sort of shit. This thing kind of just sprouted out over nowhere. Not really, if you've been kind of reading the tea leaves, but this three man young trio. Aiton, I don't, I don't Aiton know. Aiton, I never, real. never fucking saw this coming from Aiden, where he actually could be an all star now. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that he, he will be an all star. And he's playing with year. a swagger, dude. Yeah, and he plays his ass off. 
Bridges is obvious is incredible. The two way p- capability from him. I've loved Bridges. and Devin Booker is he's a, a walking bucket. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, and the killer instinct. It's it's yeah. insane. I mean, that's. I mean, we we talked about this in the regular season. Is we couldn't wait for Booker in the playoffs because we knew he was going to go up another level. We just yeah, we and, and we've never seen it before. But we especially because we saw Mitchell and Murray last year. Exactly. Booker and I feel can like, fuck around with this shit. I feel like Booker's better than them. Both of them. Is no, the he's better than Murray. He's not better than Mitchell. I think. Well, what I'm saying is like talent. Like I mean, just based on what we've seen so far before the playoff level oh, type thing okay. is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, see, I, I feel see like point. Booker is more established than Mitchell was prior, even though they're kind of they're kind of around the same tier, I guess, of like NBA All Stars mm-hmm. and accolades goes and winning. Mitchell's actually had more successes. Yeah, but I I just feel like Booker's going to be this guy for the next. 10 yeah. years now like, the, the, the young guards we have in the west is, is fucking unreal especially even in the east too um josh that Jokic ejection ejecting the mvp for that play was terrible i mean it was just the the flagrants they've been calling in these nba playoffs i don't want to sound like a broken record because everyone knows the nba has gotten more soft it's not breaking news so when this stuff happens i'm not necessarily surprised but it's just you can't eject the MVP in the a do or die playoff decided. games in yeah. the third quarter, and then when you even look at the fucking play, it wasn't that bad at all. He swipes for the ball, and you know what? If it, he act like I just, you should, in my opinion, flagrants where you get ejected. You should. It's gotta literally be like you punch a dude in the face. You check a dude who's in midair. It's. It should be very hard to get ejected from a basketball game, and especially if you're the MVP. I just think that the world is soft, and it's not. It's not gonna get any better. So we're just gonna have to deal with it. But it was. It, that was so fucking lame. That was so lame. Yeah. I mean, I just think context-wise, it's just. It's. Just a bad look. You know, you can at least... I think Denver maybe could win that game. They don't sweep. Uh, the Suns or the Suns don't sweep that series if, if the ejection never happens. But, I mean, there's a chance, I guess, it still could have happened because they yeah. were still in, like, a 10-point hole, I think, at that point. But the Nuggets were playing a lot better and, and starting to play better. And honestly played even better after the ejection. It kind of spurred them on in a way. But yeah, it's the MVP of the league. You don't have him out and really shaking hands with people at the end of the game and and really kind of doing all the doing all the stuff, you know, just like the the humble shit, you know, whatever you want to see, the good sportsmanship shit. I mean, he went yeah. right up to campaign after the ejection, apologized yeah. to him. He clearly well, is not like a menacing dude. Yeah, he wasn't meaning to do that at all. It's and first one thing, flagrant in three years. Yeah, that's what they the other thing about. though that I have to give credit for is that Devin Booker has been taking notes out of the Chris Paul playbook of how to... Devin Jokic is not tossed if Devin Booker doesn't run into him. You're probably right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It makes it it's look a Chris like it's Paul a playbook, bigger one-on-one. Yeah, no, I mean, you'll take that double technical every time if it means Jokic is ejected. I mean, you yeah. can kind of tell Jokic is pissed off. He he, That was a frustration foul, for sure. Uh, he was doing it. He put up 30, 20, and 10, and they were losing. And, and and you could see the windup. I think it's a flagrant one, just based on it's it's shitty that the contact was made to the nose because I, I think he was 
basketball play. He was going for the ball. But the fact it hit the nose is, is tough for, for Jokic. But it's not an ejection is what I wanted to say. It's, but See, yeah. I don't think if you accidentally hit someone in the nose, it should even be a flagrant foul. With that much force, though, coming down, like with the gravity of it, too, it's I, that's a that's a lot of fucking power. I think You're, it, with the, with a seven foot dude that's like pushing two seventy, two sixty ish. Fuck I campaign. I, I really like campaign. I, he's he's one of the I, scrappiest players I've ever. I played. just like watching Jokic play. I think that I um, no, it's a like shame him. to watch him get swept because I don't think any of it is on him. And um, I don't know, and I know you don't think that, but I think some people will out there think that. Um, a quick oh, question they're, they're for you, though, Josh. Away his MVP, which is yeah, they're, they're fucking ridiculous. stupid. Porter um, Jr. was was hobbled throughout this entire series, and he played the worst defense I've ever seen him play in his entire <laughs> Absolutely. career. Absolutely, it was it was awful. But this, I wrote this question down, and I actually thought about it for a while because it kind of fucked with my mind. How yeah. different is this series with Jamal Murray? Pretty. I don't. Do the, it's diff. I don't think the Nuggets. The offense. Win. I think they need, they need one. They still. I don't think it it decides the series, but I think it is like a six six gamer at least. I think with Jamal Murray, you just need that secondary offense from someone else because Jokic will force Chris Paul to guard someone too. Yeah, that's that's the big thing too. Is they they could hide Chris Paul and Austin Rivers and Campazzo who were terrible. Who, who yeah. were, were ter- they were they were incredible in the Blazers series, and it's a real shame that happened. But I, you're right. I get what your your point is: is that defensively, Jamal Murray doesn't really do anything for you, and they really needed better perimeter defenders, which is what I thought the whole Aaron Gordon trade was kind of for. But I mean, I yeah, guess he's, he's, he's Aaron Gordon's dude. Aaron Gordon. We've learned yeah. that he's. Insane. It doesn't matter if you put him in a winning situation; he still is going to do the Aaron Gordon thing. He was which is, so good though. Right after the trade, I, I don't know what happened. He is kind of. I think he's a, a disappear. Like he disappears. He's a disappear. I don't know. One of the best teams I saw that season. This season if, is when if Aaron Gordon, the Nuggets Jamal Murray still. If the Nuggets would have had Jamal Murray going into this playoffs for what it's worth, I would have picked the Nuggets to win the finals. Yeah, I, I think that's, may, I could have been wrong, but I good I, odds. The, what, and I think yeah. No, I, I think that's the kind of team that sleeps, especially if the Lakers are already gone. I, I think this Nuggets team's beat everyone else already, basically, yeah. except and the Suns team. So, I'm and I'm not taking anything, anything away from the Suns at all because I don't know. Necess- I think that would be a battle, those two yeah. teams, because this Suns team, make no mistake, they are very, very good. I, they are, without a doubt, by far, playing the best basketball in the playoffs right now. We'll see how this translates. Because they got to play the Lakers without AD, and they got to play the Nuggets without Murray. Yeah. So, that's that's the only word of caution I'd advise is the 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 Suns have surprisingly as good as these these games look and whatnot and and looking back on it, it still feels kind of almost cakewalky after AD went goes down a little bit. I mean, to be fair, they have the killer instinct to actually fucking step on the heart of these dudes though, and that's something that. I think 80% of the teams in the league don't have. The Clippers cannot finish any dude, any team, whatever else. So mm-hmm. it's something to to their killer instinct. It's something to add. But I just don't think that these series have been – they've been like the perfect matchups for after they, you know, went down two games against the Lakers or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they've been, they've been steady since and fantastic. And finding their stride. Yeah, they're peaking at the right moment. And, honestly, this one-week deadline is – a blessing and a curse. I think it's going to take him out of the rhythm a little bit. But, but Chris, Chris Paul, Paul needs it. 
Chris mm-hmm. Paul needs his rest. He's still not 100%. The The Suns are the title favorite. Are they? Like, odds-wise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's, I guess that makes sense. They feel like the most competent team. They've, they're the only team that moved on to round three. So this far. is when you bet on Kawhi. Yeah. This is the exact situation you bet on Kawhi with. Also, I know the Clippers have to deal with the Jazz, and anyone can come out of that series. Yeah, I know how, what you're how, how fucking good would it feel, Josh, to beat Chris Paul in the Western Conference Finals? Vice versa, though. I think it would feel if well, Chris Paul... I know, be... but I'm trying to think happy thoughts for you, my friend. No, I appreciate... You're 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 an optimist for me, and I appreciate that. Eh, right I now. do torture you with text messages. You do, you do Clippers a lot. You, you just constantly but, but my, just My favorite me. was, I just texted you, like, right after the Kawhi thing, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're a goddamn dick, but yeah. it's, it's good. Uh, uh, they played the Suns really fucking well is the thing if you look back at all three of those games you should honestly watch those because it's some of the best basketball games of the regular season it's the Clippers no abaca though no abaca is tough but honestly i think they found something with this small ball lineup because i mean I, listen i'm not going to discount aiden I, i've done it two series now so what saying you're saying Aiden's though play off the court what you're saying is that basically if the clippers and Suns were to match up it's on Aiden. Aiden kind of decides that series i agree yeah, because I think Bridges probably. not gonna be there that much in that series. He's not <laughs> going to. It's gonna be a little tougher for Devin Booker to score when Kawhi's on him. It's gonna be a little bit more annoying for Chris Paul when Patrick Beverly's hitting him 15 times a game. Yes, I just think that the, the Suns are playing the best basketball. But I mean, what's the over under technicals? If I said five, five and a in half. that series. Five and a half technicals. Would you go over? I'd go over. I'd go over. Over? I'd go over. I think yeah. I would, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very gnarly game uh, series. And I think what's – I think – I don't know. The more and more as the season goes on, the more and more it feels like that Kawhi Raptors here. Yeah. I 100% <clears throat> agree. All these injuries are breaking at the right time, and it's and it's kind of setting the lineup for a – I don't want to say an underdog because the Clippers aren't – <laughs> the underdog i'd say they're probably still the favorite as far as like teams that look the most complete depending on this quiet injury i guess we'll see but if every other one of these teams are question marks sons are unproven you're gonna bet on Kawhi and paul george i think right i mean so, uh, Kawhi at least at least Kawhi. you're right yeah um okay now we're moving off that let's talk a little um, a, couple, a few last topics here. We'll go through them pretty quick before we wrap up this NBA segment. Um, what's the Lakers championship window with LeBron and AD? Is it like two years? Listen, I, I think age is as meaningless as it's ever been potentially in today. I don't know. NBA. LeBron looked pretty old. Also didn't look, look like he didn't care. I didn't care about ankle, his teammates when he walked I off still the think bench. it's the ankle and we'll uh, see though. Cause see. I'm not, I'm not going to call LeBron done. We've done that. I'm not We've saying he's there. done. I'm saying, what is the window? Is it two more years? I think they're going to pull something out this this off season. Does LeBron win another title in his career? No. And that, I that agree. Sucks. That that's that's really painful. Uh, does as far as just An- basketball does, players? Does Anthony Davis have a great career post LeBron? Yes. No. I still think In- he's... Injuries. 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 Why? Injuries. Okay, injuries. If, you're, if you're counting injuries, 
maybe but i think that's true for a lot of players but specifically you're right like anthony davis is much more hobbled than i guess the average he could basketball player. he could but i mean it just looks that that he just gets hurt so much so we'll talk about that maybe a little more post uh these playoffs we'll get into what everything's looking for the future though but a couple more things josh blazers are going to interview dan tony billups and becky hammond um three very popular coaching candidates as of late um i what i would like to see so i think billups or hammond are probably probably the two best coaches but I would want D'Antoni as a fan because I want to see Dame Lillard in the shoes of Steve Nash or James yes. Harden. Yes, that would be that. fucking awesome. He'll go get an MVP. He'll score forty a game. Yeah, I think that's the best. Here, here's the problem I have with like these these coaches interviews of who's a good coach, who's not a good coach. We have no this, idea. That's yeah. Assistant <laughs> coaches, they don't do. They really don't do. They they don't do anything near what a head coach does, honestly. I mean, they, they get a little bit of it. But, like, we've seen all these assistant coaches pulled from staff. Nate Bjorken, for instance, on the Pacers, he was from mm-hmm. Nick Nurse's staff. And he was, like, the highest, one of the best coveted uh, coaches on that fucking uh, window last year. And he was a disaster. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Nate McMillan fired from that Pacers to pick on the Pacers again. Fired from that Pacers job, was hired as an assistant coach for the Hawks took over and they're flourishing they're way better they're, they're incredible yeah. so i'm i'm just like i don't i don't fucking know if chauncey billups or becky hammond are good coaches at head yeah. coaches but i know mike d'antoni's a good coach he's done yeah it. He's done take it. what you know the other thing i'll say about billups and hammond i know it's been a lot of let's gas these people up we really like them chauncey billups case what have the clippers done the last couple of years that you're like oh man He's really a great coach. Same thing with Becky Hammond. The Spurs have been dog shit the past four years. And I know that's not, I'm not saying that's her fault or that's Chauncey Billups' fault. I'm just saying the fact that the way people talk, like you're saying, talk about these prospective coaches, it's just like, dude, you're yeah. flipping a coin. You really are. Worse odds than 50 50, basically. Yeah, I mean, honestly. And so, D'Antoni, you take the proven. You're 100% right. Chauncey Billups is getting a ton of hype lately for for kind of training. There was an article I saw on ESPN. I didn't read the article, but it's it's he trained Kawhi and Paul George to be point I mean, guards. I think, I think both Hammond and Billups will become NBA coaches in oh, the next for sure. couple years. Definitely. I mean, I I really think Billups will be a, a based on what I've seen of him at, on in his playing career and seeing him talk on TV and just the way he carries himself. Yeah, I think Chauncey Billups would be a fantastic head coach. Becky Hammond, I just I'm not gonna act like I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and I think it's really easy to get some points on Twitter by just saying it's obviously her and she should be the coach. I I just don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Like how? Yeah, it's impossible to know. So for the Blazers, yeah, I I go D'Antoni. As as a woman head coach to or as a woman assistant coach already to be in this for three years and to be respectable enough. And, and to be hired by Greg Popovich, I mean, that's astonishing. I mean, the fact that she she could even, you know, potentially be there is still something to be said for sure. Yeah. Um, I, again, though, I, I just would rather go D'Antoni because I don't think D'Antoni has really done a bad job. And he honestly should be a head coach right now, period. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. might be, honestly, like the pseudo head coach for Brooklyn because Nash has never done it before. 
So yeah, that's he might point. be the one kind of pulling a lot of the strings. I don't necessarily know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to make that call necessarily. But I, I think D'Antoni's great, and I, mm-hmm. I've always loved D'Antoni as a head coach, and I think he's gonna. We could have an MVP season. I mean, we say this every year, but we could have. You an wearing MVP a Beatles season. shirt? I am wearing a Beatles shirt. Uh, might as well wear a Wiggles shirt. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just saw that and I was like, Josh, you. S- you sly dog. Um, okay, we're on the same page with the Blazers coaching search there, Josh. Uh, a little trouble brewing in Dallas for the Mavericks. Um, a little report came out, basically, that Luka is going to accept the Supermax deal, but his future in Dallas is uncertain, which is just the most typical NBA thing of all time, uh, yeah. where it's like, yeah, I'll take the money. I don't know if I'm going to stay, though. It's just like, well, you're getting the money to play here. That's like how it works, but... Again, I mean, the player empowerment era, I've kind of just given up on that sort of thing. It's a losing battle. I will say on the regards of Luka and Dallas, I mean, dude, they've done a dog shit job surrounding him. And I think that the the Mavericks are benefiting on how Dirk stayed there yes. for his whole career. And solely because Luka's European, they're like, <laughs> oh, well, Luka will stay here his whole career. And I think that Luca and Dirk are completely different players, obviously, and people. Different countries, too. Different countries. <laughs> like way different. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily, like, I don't discredit Luca if, if they keep fucking up. He's like, yeah, I, I do want to get out of here. Rick Carlisle hasn't won a se- playoff series since they won the finals, even though he's a good coach. It's, I don't think that's out of the question. And, Josh, I don't even know how to, like, push this forward because we talked about this, I think, last week. It's not an easy roadmap to fix this Mavericks roster. No, no, you got it. You got to pray somebody's going to take the uh, that Kristaps contract. I think is one of the first things because, I mean, this was the rumbling first as we heard Kristaps what two weeks ago say something about how he just he doesn't like playing with Luca in poor, poor because he poor he does he wants to be like the man, right? Isn't that what you took from that? No, so that so that was the thing. I think a lot of people did, but I think what I read from that is he's okay being the second option. He just doesn't want to be Luca's second option because Luca's second option, I think he kind of implied, is just non-existent. It's like a catch-and-shoot guy. He, he just can't. And that's something I've kind of brought up in the past is I just don't know if a star can actually thrive with the way Luca is playing right now alongside. Luca and Giannis. It's going to happen one day. You that's think? what the NBA needs. Because you know what I would like to see less of? Giannis squaring up, taking four steps backward, and then trying to, like, I don't know. I think, I mean, that's just obviously a wild thing to throw out there. I do think, though, that you should take this seriously. Not you specifically, but the Mavericks should take this seriously because they are fucking up. Yeah, These rosters around him are not good, and we are in an era where if they keep fucking up, players, for the most part, say F you and leave. The one thing is, I think this is a threat, basically. What if Luca is... goes to New York? <laughs> After all that shit with the Porzingis trade, Luca just goes to the Knicks somehow. Oh, my God. Or if he winds up in, like, what if he winds up in Sacramento? Imagine. Like, that would That'd never happen. But I just had it... a terrible, terrible, terrible thought. A terrible thought. A terrible thought. Hit me. What if the Mavs tr- end up trading Luca for Anthony Davis? Who says oh, no? God. Who says no? Because uh, the Mavs. Th- well, you'd have to throw in like a ton of picks, but assuming Luca wants, to I, I do think 
if that Luca went to play with LeBron on the Lakers, a small part of me would die. I would be so depressed if that happened. Is Luca your, your favorite non-Curry? Non by by far. By far. I lo- yeah. Luca is my favorite player to watch in the NBA. Okay. Like he is, I just think he's incredible to watch. Um, I mean, obviously, I just said he was fun to watch. I just think the things he can do creative wise, the, the the passion, flair, and anger he kind of plays with. I'm a big fan. Can I throw something by you though? Are, are we are we overrating Dallas's troubles because they've ran into the Clippers twice now with Luca at playoff perform? Like yeah, that's play, that's a great level. point. That's a great because point. I think they could probably beat almost any other team in the West with with these Luka numbers as as the fifth seed. Like the Clippers are not a four seed. Like there is is the thing they they really fucked up and they really struck out there. I think a little part of that is right, but I also think that um, I think it's both. Obviously, when you have Luka, like, you're it's not just I want to get out of the first round. It's like you know what you need to beat that Clippers team. You're right. No, one hundred. I just don't know. I just don't know what the roadmap is, and I know you don't either. It's just it'll be interesting. Fuck. I just think that this is a second round team, at least maybe even a third round team, depending on how things break. Maybe you know. I, so I just feel like it's something. I don't know if it's enough in the West to, with just him to be a second or, th- or a third round team. Second, it's I could probably see, it's probably know. not. But Luca alone, I think, is good enough to win you two yes. series. Like, yeah, I, I do. And then from there, who knows? Because he's yep. good enough to win two more, but. I mean, I just think that, like, two is the minimum he should be able to win on his own. And you're right. I, but to me, this is just – this is like the LeBron thing, what he used to do, where he used to pressure the organization to make trades. To me, this is this is like a power move. This is this is putting your dick on the table for Luka and saying, like, make this fucking roster better or this is what's going to happen type thing. But, like, I don't think he has, like, a true intention of leaving yet. I, I just yeah. think that's something he's he's really threatening. I think he loves Dallas. I think Dallas is still has like a lot of European culture from the Dirk era that they're still trying to build. You made the point earlier that it was just because Dirk stayed the whole career that they're hoping Luca does the same. But I think they have a good relationship. Maybe it's all bullshit. But yeah, I, I mean, and yeah, it certainly I, remains to be seen. We don't know. We don't know. True. Um, as long uh, as Dallas pays Josh Richardson, you know, they, they have him on the Christ. books next year again. Probably I'd be so pissed option. off about that trade if I'm Luca. It's like, yeah, you took away the guy I could kick out to that was fucking Seth Curry and yeah. replaced him with the guy who's not even in the game. But that, we'll continue that topic another time. Um, let's wrap up our little segment here, Josh, with uh, your least favorite player in each of the professional sports. I'll start us off. NBA. You guys know who my least favorite player is. It's LeBron. He pisses me off. He's good at basketball. I understand that. I just think he's a douche and he's intolerable. My least favorite. What's your least favorite NBA player? I, I wrote four down, but I so do you want me to? I'll just go through them all. But right now yeah. it's Jordan Clarkson because they're playing the Clippers. I just don't really like how Clarkson plays, and I just feel like he's really fucking annoying off the court. The whole Lakers jersey, the the Kobe jersey thing, game one. Yeah, was that really was dumb. tough. And it's just like you're you're Jordan Clarkson, dog. Like you're you're not. Joey yeah, yeah. Eagles should have the award. I've Tyler Hero down for someone of the same reason. I. I just fucking hate Tyler Hero. He's a second-year player, and he's just hasn't done anything yet. And people, people thought he was too valuable to be thrown into every fucking trade imaginable. And it's like this. And then Harden, I think, for all the other reasons that we've talked about, everyone's talked about. And then finally, I think my my career-long hatred, and this is probably what I'm gonna go with, is is just Dwight Howard. I just I just never bought in 
on the Dwight Howard hype in, in the Magic days when he was, like, like the best personality in the league. He just seemed, like, really annoying and just a, a douchebag. And it's been proven right over the years. And he just seems like a – he just I, – I, I just don't like him. Yeah. I don't like watching him, and I just think he's annoying. I think that's a good call. I will throw in two honorable mentions, C.J. McCollum and Trevor Ariza. You don't like C.J. McCollum? Nah, C.J. McCollum should focus on keeping his feet in bounds in big games rather than, like, his <laughs> stupid fucking journalism degree he got from Lehigh. It's unreal. Like, the way they talk about – here's a I, – I majored in journalism. It means absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> the fact that they are like, oh, my God, C.J. McCollum studied journalism at Lehigh. It's like, no, he never went to class, bro. And you know what's an easy thing to do if you're on the fucking basketball team? Journalism. Because you can get all the quotes from your teammates. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, that's my problem with McCollum. And Trevor Ariza, I think, has been acting like, I literally, since he got traded from the Lakers, like that he's a vet. And I just don't like Trevor Ariza. I don't like how he yells at Embiid. Embiid's one of my favorite players. Um, MLB, Cody Ballinger. Fuck the Dodgers. It's a pretty easy choice for me. Yeah, this is Justin the one Turner, I, honorable mention. Yeah, I was going to say I was wondering about Justin Turner, but I, I have the least opinion about this one. Uh, for me, it's just Bryce Harper. I just don't think he's the wonderkin, and I, I just, I just, he just annoys me. And I, I love seeing that, that Washington team win the title immediately mm-hmm. after they lost them. He does have a sweet jersey with the Phillies, though, I will say. Yeah, no, um, for sure. NFL. Okay, this is tough. I have two. Is Michael Crabtree still in the NFL? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't think so, but okay. I, I'll double check real quick. I, I have another one, but Michael Crabtree, three years ago, all he needed to do was catch one fucking pass in a Monday Night Football game, and I won the Fantasy League, and he quit on the team and didn't catch a pass. So I hate him for forever for that. And then my other, I guess I'll have two more, um, or one more, Aaron Rodgers. I, I really hate Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a douche. I think he's weird. I think he hates his family, and I know I make jokes about that, but, like, it's kind of disgusting. Like, he hates his family, and he's a star fucker. He just goes around from celebrity to celebrity. And also, I don't know how Aaron Rodgers can be the answer to this. If you saw the video of him trying to play guitar and sing Wagon Wheel with, like, Miles Teller. And it's just – and also, Shailene Woodley, his uh, – his Fiance. Fiance? Yeah. It might not be hot. Not hot. Not hot. I still think of her as that pregnant teenager from that ABC Family TV show. And it's oh, just – Oh, Life of America. Yeah. I just am yeah. not in – not in on Aaron Rodgers in any way. Especially if he goes to the Broncos, he might be my favorite, like least favorite player ever. But out of respect for all the great mothers in the world, I hate you, Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, I have I, first of all, Michael Crabtree retired, by the way. So, so you. Oh wait, yeah. really quick, let me jump yeah. in. Go for um, it. If Anthony Lynn was an option, Anthony Lynn would be my least favorite. And two, <laughs> Nate Kading retired, but he was the Chargers kicker who think has caused me more pain than anyone in the world. So I hate those two, but carry on. Kicker's kicker's a good call. Actually, I didn't even go that way. Uh, for me, it's it's Ezekiel Elliott right now. I don't really hate too many NFL players that I can think of. It's out of season. I'm just completely on basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drafted Ezekiel Elliott this year. 
He was fucking terrible. He was. He I mean, sucked dick. I, and, and I mean, I just don't like his antics. I think he's also kind of a shitty human being after a yeah, lot of domestic is. charges and whatnot. The whole sitting out. I, I just don't love a running back sitting out for your contract extension too and whatnot because you're a running back. Yeah, it's, it's just like what are you doing? Which dude? it's not. It's not your fault that the running back is the least valuable position in football, probably besides maybe like punter, I guess. But yeah. Um. But like at the same time, you should know. Like you're not, you shouldn't be a drama queen on this thing. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. it is about wide receivers and running backs, but they're always fucking batshit crazy. Always. Yeah. Um. I I like that Zeke call. I'll throw in two more people from the state of Texas at you. Yeah. Mari Cooper is maybe the most overrated like player in the NFL. And then <laughs> this is like an easy thing to say, but I mean, if anything of this Deshaun Watson shit is true. He's the biggest scumbag call. on the face of the earth. It's a really and that has call. nothing to do with that he's my keeper. He's my quarterback in my keeper league in fantasy, and I am screwed going forward in that. I was going to say fucked, but then I was like, eh, read the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Watson, you're probably a giant douchebag, so I'll throw that in. Yeah, that's what a good one. Got? Uh, the last one is, is Antonio Brown, which is just completely like oh, a yeah. fall from grace because I – I Antonio Brown was my favorite player in the league for you know like three straight years. He did some mean things to our boy Kyle. Yeah, and Kyle and Christo, he tormented with them. Yeah, and then and then this whole the whole Raiders thing, and then the the whole Bucks thing too. I just I yeah, I he's can't. annoying. And off the field, I don't know. I guess if you're counting like off, like if you're not counting off the field issues, which you could probably do for like thirty percent of these players, it's probably just Ezekiel Elliott, just because he just annoys me. Because I just feel like he never has like a, a good game when it matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, I thought that was a, a good vibe segment to end the show. You know, just some positivity spreading it. Um, Josh, always a pleasure talking to you. We will talk at the end of uh, this Clippers uh, Jazz series, as well as we'll check in. I mean, we got a, a three series at 2-2. Two, two. Uh, yeah, lot, we'll be checking in throughout the playoffs on that for sure. Um, so probably later this week. Josh, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Of course, yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. All right, welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch, episode one hundred three. Uh, now we're going to be talking a little MLB to round out today's show. I'm joined by Big Dog and Stephen Young, per usual for MLB. Uh, Stephen, my friend, how you doing? Good. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, Big Dog, how you doing? Yeah, that, that's looking really good, Stephen. The Yankees have to sit. Angels are a half game behind the Yankees now. That's all I need to know. That's wild. Um, okay, gentlemen, we got some a, a couple topics to go around today just throughout the MLB, and we're going to be finishing today's pod with the best pitchers we've ever seen in our lives. Last time we did this, it was hitters, so we'll do the opposite of that now. I do, however, want to start off on the pitching side of things in Mr. Jacob deGrom, who has a .56 ERA right now. Again, he has a .56 ERA right now. He is, without a doubt, the best pitcher in baseball right now. But something that has been going through my head as he has been on this streak. I mean, Andrew, you just saw him up close and personal with the Padres. Yeah, unfortunately. It was is he, not a very entertaining game. Is he right there with any pitcher we've ever seen of maybe the best pitcher of the 21st century? So I would say, I mean, like, definitely don't, don't, done. Don't do the list. 
yet because we'll talk about pitchers I'm not going to do the list, but just but, like, I mean, the last like four or five years, absolutely. And I mean, he is one of the first two or three names I would think of. Um, but I still feel like he's got to do it for like two or three more years to be like the greatest of all time. Because he's only, I mean, he's done it for like five or six years, seven mm-hmm. years. It's pretty good. But I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Clayton Kershaw did it for like 10 years. And it's like, yeah. if you look at the numbers, if you're going to do the number game, I mean, Kershaw literally for like 10 years, he wasn't 0.56 good, but this is only halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. It's also incredible when he has five RBIs and he's only allowed four runs. And then someone like did an ERA stat or something that's like if they if his earned run or if his RBIs could cancel out his earned runs, he'd have a minus point one four ERA. That's maybe the wildest stat I've ever heard in my entire life. Steven, um do, do you think DeGrom gets enough shine? I think he's starting to this year. But before this year, like he was doing it like two years ago, starting two years ago and all the people want to talk about was like Noah Syndergaard. Like but... <laughs> Matt Harvey. And uh, like Matt Harvey and Steven Matz, but like I think this year they're finally starting to like post him more on MLB social media. Like people are actually like watching him pitch, and it's just like this guy's unhittable. Yeah, yeah like I, really quick, Andrew. I saw that he started some game where like nine of his first eleven pitches were over a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, and so the other thing is he going into like the sixth and seventh inning, and it's still hundred miles an hour, and. Another stat to go off that, it's like he has the most 100-mile-per-hour pitches, and it's not even close, like Shohei's second, or Shane McClanahan of the Rays. And um, basically he has like 100 or 90 more pitches thrown 100 miles per hour faster. Well, what makes him so fucked up good then? I honestly have no idea how he can throw this hard and late Steven, in the game because I, I don't see it. And other than if it's sticky, so I don't think it is because the whole Mets team came out, but yeah. who knows, then – Yesterday, it was like Cole Scherzer, Verlander, the Angels, like, guys came out and said he was giving all those people sticky stuff, which I don't really care about. I just hope they find a way to, like, police it, because I think we'll talk about the sticky stuff since later. Yeah. Steven, what, what, like, differentiates DeGrom? Like, what makes him so nasty from a pitcher's perspective? Well, velocity and, like, his location. Like, this guy paints 100 miles an hour just on the corners ridiculously. And then his off speed, like his slider is like 93. Like, it's just stupid. I think he has like one of the highest spin rates too, which makes it just hard to pick up. Yeah. The I mean, it's just like him too. They just have such good tempo and they don't. Mm-hmm. They just, it's like him, Garrett Cole, Scherzer. They don't think twice. They, they control the tempo. And I love when pitchers do that. And it's quick games. And on Friday night, like seeing the Potters and Mix, that's a possible playoff or wild card game that's fright i mean who the hell wants to face jacob de that's no one it'd be really sad and i was already thinking ahead i was like wow that would be pretty padre to have a decent year and then get eliminated by the mets against jacob de how prominent was de on that mets team that lost in the world series uh, number two he was pretty a, young right? i think that was his rookie young. year yeah, it might have been like young. he was like a i think he was like a 26 year old rookie but okay Interesting. Kind of Interesting. Sure. But also sure with him, too. yeah. So yeah, but also with him, like if you look at Pitching Ninja on Twitter, like he'll overlay Degrom's pitches, and it looks this the pitch looks the same until like twenty feet from the plate. 
and then you have to make a decision if it's a fastball or slider, and you're just there's no chance. And it's 192. Yeah, that that's tough. Um, let's go to another name that's making big numbers right now or big waves. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, making a case for the AL MVP. Stephen, what sticks out to you about what he's been up to? Uh, power and average. He's 346 and 22 home runs with 55 RBI. Like, this Blue Jays team rakes, but, like, it starts with him. He just he just looks like his dad. Is he the, is he the, the most hyped um, MLB player since Bryce Harper coming into the league? Uh, he's up there. Yeah, like, he, he was, like... There. On like the prospect thing, he was the his hitting grade was eighty out of eighty, which is perfect. And that mm-hmm. I don't think that's yeah. ever happened. And so Is he gonna be better than his dad? If he keeps this up, hell yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean Vladdy's Hall of Famer. So Vladdy yeah. Senior's Hall of Famer, but Vladdy Junior leading the league in home runs right now. Who's an MVP? Would you rather have Vladdy Junior or Shohei? What do you think deserves MVP this year? And let me break it down, because before you yeah, say the down. Angels are like 700 games behind the Blue Jays, they're a half game behind the Blue Jays, okay? They I would have say like Shohei. virtually the same record. But I'm also, wait, let me really qu- quickly say, I have a question first. Is Mike Trout missed a lot of games? He's missed too many now. Yeah. I okay, think. well, actually, I'll go Vlad Jr., because I cannot give the MVP to someone yeah. else on Mike Trout's team. It could be Shohei. Yeah, I mean, and I guess that's like I just thinking, it's only but... because he's actually pitching in his ERAs. Let's see what his ERA is like two, two seven. I'll find it. So hard. His stat page is so weird because he has pitching and hitting. Uh, yeah. Well, two point eight five now. The nine starts, forty-seven innings, sixty-nine K, sixty-nine K. If he stays healthy the whole year. And this raises that average up into like the 280 range. I, I think it's. A it's got to be him, right? But it, it, the uh, Angels like, also have to 17 win. 17 bombs, Jesus. <laughs> like, and I mean, he's actually doing it both and making it. I would go Shohei just because it's like I never, we've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. And actually, in our yeah, paper of, only yeah. because the Angels have like virtually the same record as the Blue Jays, which I can't believe well it wasn't the um the whole thing on shohei that he wasn't that durable like on like days after he pitched he like would probably not like play that many games well for what it's worth vladimir guerrero jr has 228 at bats this season shohei's got 217 shohei's got 50 more at bats than tatis i know tatis has missed time but like the longevity of it it like he's he's putting it's not just like oh he comes in every like for two games, then like he's always he's right he's there playing. in terms of like he's literally the, of the games best pitcher in hitter right now. That's for NL sixty-one is games. It, is it Degrom? I think it should be Degrom. I think no, I think it should be Degrom. If a picture should ever get it, it should be him this year. Yeah. Also, Brandon Crawford. I mean, come on, the dude's got fifteen bombs. Sorry. <laughs> like I was gonna say, like Jesse Winker, Castellanos are just raking too. But mm-hmm. so right now they have. This is Vegas. Acuna is like 18 bombs as well. But I got the top three. 282. It's DeGrom, Tatis, and Acuna, and I can't give it to Tatis because he has way too many airs. So it's DeGrom. It, it has to be DeGrom. It's yeah. a Verlander it's be, one. It's Verlander DeGrom or like Acuna. A... Yeah. If DeGrom, I mean, if he stays under 1-5, right? I mean, even if he stays <laughs> yeah. under 2. Even yeah. if he stays under 2, honestly. Because I mean, he's. I just. Well, 
another thing I wanted to throw out, you guys, is uh, here. this motherfucker Patrick Wisdom. It's like nine yeah. bombs in 20 games. I was there for his like, opening series when they played the Giants. Dude, the dude just freaking rakes. Is this out of nowhere? Is this a prospect that we've been excited for? Do we know? So I, Patrick Wisdom was breaking news to me last week when he destroyed. He had like six home runs against the Padres last week. Yeah, I think they just Three randomly called the him up. <laughs> He's on Bond 70. Okay, so when picks. Kershaw won MVP, his ERA <laughs> was 1.1 or 1.77. Okay. I think DeGrom should get it then. I think he could too. Not a lot of games left, but um, okay. Another thing let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the old American League East. The Braves, I mean the Rays, excuse me, eight and two in their last ten at forty three and twenty four. Three games behind them are the Red Sox at forty twenty seven. A little surprising season from those boys. Then you got the Blue Jays at thirty three thirty one, and then you've got the fourth place New York Yankees, barely over five hundred at thirty three and thirty two. Three and seven in their last ten games. Steven, it was about a month or two ago. You said that the the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs. That is looking like a great call. So um, what I want to talk about here with the AL East is how legitimate of a threat is this Rays team? Are they going back to the World Series like they were last year? And what the fuck is wrong with the Yankees? Is it just pitching like we've discussed? Let's get into that. So let's start with the Yankees. Steven, what do you think? Yeah, Yankees pitching is just brutal behind, like, Garrett Cole. And then their offense this year has just been atrocious as well. Like, I think their best hitter is hitting, like, 270. What's but, Judge up to? Uh, is, I don't know. Is he hurt right now, or is he playing? Is he just massively overrated? He actually was doing okay this year, but I do think yeah. he's overrated. Mike Stan's playing Only well, right? <laughs> Mike Stan. <laughs> See, the problem... So, like... They're babying Mike Stanton. Juan Mike Stanton. Juan Carlos Stanton. Like, he hit two home runs, and then he did not play the next day. Because they're trying to, like, be careful with him. But keep in mind, this guy is in the American League now. He DHs. So there was a day when, like, he he trotted the bases twice. And this guy's like a this guy's getting paid thirty plus million dollars to trot the bases twice, and he cannot play twenty four hours the next day. He's not even playing in the field. He's just swinging a bat. And I just like can't believe like they're babying him that much still. And, and they got two guys made out of glass. With and him it's and basically Judge. like when he's not playing, it's basically like he's hurt because he's already missing like two games a week, and I just don't get it. Is Gary Sanchez still the stupidest baseball player on earth? <laughs> Base <laughs> running guy. wise, a guy was hitting like one ninety eight, and like they asked him like, "How are you going to get out of the slump?" He's like, "I'm not slumping." Didn't, wasn't he? <laughs> I I remember before this season. Um, Somebody on the Yankees like was hyping up like the amount of work Gary Sanchez put in and how good he was going to be this year. It's pathetic. <laughs> I I don't like Gary Sanchez. Kind of fucking pisses me. I don't like the Yankees. So that's probably why. Dude, Aaron Boone would be fired if George Steinbrenner was still the owner. Is all I would say. There is no way this guy would. The Yankees fans are just imploding right now. And oh, they're, they're so mad. So pissed off. And then they and then it's like every. Th- Aaron Boone's like his response just for like New York media is just like, you know, we got to get better. Like, you know, it's a tough day for us. And it's just that is not what they want to hear. They want to hear this guy's terrible. Um, yeah, they would need a Billy Martin again. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Well, then counterpoint, though, Big Dog, we'll start with you on this one. This Rays team. 
eight and two in their last ten. They lost Snell to the Padres this offseason. Um, yeah, smart. Move. Glass now is having a filthy year, correct? And he has some of the filthiest stuff in the league. Is this just another raise nickel and dime in their way to have this team somehow? Is this a money ball again? They're just I don't even I have nothing to say about them except just. <laughs> Like, go fuck yourself. They, like, do it. They're so good. They do it with a third of the money, a fourth of the money, a twentieth of the money. And I I don't even know. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, Steven. they just... Just A's 2.0. Like, they have Randy Rosary. <laughs> they have, like, four or five names, kind of, that they're going to trade in the next year or two. And they all know that. And they just... Yeah, they, like the they just buy in, in and they, they know what to do. What'd you say? Are they the cheapest owners in all of sports? Yeah, they are way up there. I, I think just, they have, like, it pisses the me off. And they're still so good. They're so good. It's like just like the worst fan base, sort of the worst team. Nobody cares. The worst about stadium. Worst stadium by far. In all of sports. It, like I was at the yeah, A's I, game last night. There's probably like maybe 2,000 fans. It, <laughs> they're always sounds like a team in the, they're the so AL West fun. leaders. No guy on that team's in like over 270. They just. They just went out. The A's and Rays. It's honestly like there needs to be a like study. There already have been studies and movies made out by Moneyball, but they really need to like figure out what's going on behind the scenes. In Oakland, the best minor league system of all time and drafting, so they can continuously. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays do have like the number one system right now, so that's just they're they're set for another seven years. There you go. There you go. Um, Any. Anything on the Red Sox this year? I mean, I don't think any of us had them Their to be in second really good, in the but... AL East, but uh, is the I don't think the pitching there is is there for them long term. So Chris Sale has been throwing bullpens. Chris Sale was very good two years ago and very yeah. good career. Um, he didn't pitch last year. They expect him around June, and I think depending on how like elite he comes back. It's kind of like how far the Red Sox can compete with the Rays, the Blue yeah. Jays, I guess the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, but we shouldn't be surprised because this is what the Red Sox always do somehow. Somehow they trade Mookie Betts, and then a year later they're really good. And then same thing happened. 2013 they finished last, or 2012 then they win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the resilient group there. Let's then let's transfer to the other coast and the other league. Let's talk about the NL West here. Um I mean, is it safe to say this is the best division in baseball? I guess the Giants guess. are good. I just don't know. They the are. Giants, they the are. Giants, Giants are the Rays. They are good. The Giants are the Rays. I've hit the concern button now yeah, the Giants. Okay. I don't like this. Let's go through the NOS. The Giants right now are in first at 41-25 with a one-game lead over the Dodgers at 40-26. and The Padres are four games back because of the recent – Three and seven in their last ten. Um, let's start it off with this basic question: Are all three of those teams going to make the playoffs? It's so hard to say. Isn't it expanded though? Yeah, I think so. Because I think hey, what those like, girls like. Scared, I mean, like so I see honestly right now, like so what are the Cubs gonna do? Like are the Cubs gonna if the Cubs sell or Patrick like, Wisdom just turns into Patrick Barry Bonds, Wisdom. might be a difference in her. They should have kept Schwarber. That was so dumb. What are the Cubs doing? Why are they selling? 
I don't understand why you're so like, if I'm the GM, I'm going all in again, because it's virtually the same core. And it's a good thing you traded you, Darvish, morons. Um, I, I'm worried more about the Brewers and Cardinals in that division. Oh, God. Okay, so Cardinals let's just hurt right now. Let's talk about the these individual teams, though, here in the NLS, because with the Giants, the first month and a half, we're like, what the fuck's going on here? That's what we were saying. This team's good. I don't know how. They are good. They have great pitching, and the Giants are hitting the shit out of the ball right now. And it's not just been like a, like a check a his book. Check Kevin Gosman's balls. Kevin Gosman, I got to see him pitch. Incredible. I mean, but what's just how does Brandon Crawford have 15 home runs and 44 RBIs right now? <laughs> they're just they're hitting the crap out of the ball, and they're getting weird. Like and the thing is, too, when you look at their roster, you got what two guys over 270, three guys over 270. But it's just they kind of weirdly pitch in these weird ways, similar to like what we're talking about with the Rays and similar to that 2010 Giants team. They kind of just it's like by committee, they're all pitching in. Um, Yes, I think that is kind of dangerous because it could all kind of blow up in a second because a lot of unproven stuff going on here. But again, I don't know. I the way this team has bounced back, the way they can go down to three runs and stay in games and trust their offense for the first time in a while. I think that makes them dangerous, but I'm, I can think all that and still be scared because the Dodgers and Padres have tech, have better teams than the giants. Their rosters are, have better players, but I mean, I think we're all penciling in the Dodgers into the playoffs because of yeah. that roster. I mean, I still, I, I think it's a flip a coin with the Padres Giants right now because who really knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like the way the Padres have been playing at all. Like fifteen games, and also the fact that the Giants. I told you this yesterday. I know you just wanted an offensive rant, but here's the pitching rant: they scored three runs in a three-game series against the Nationals, and they won two of them. They scored three runs, and they won two games. It can only be described as Giants baseball. It makes no sense. It's really annoying. Great stadium, you, Brian. Great stadium. Great stadium. You know, get garlic I, fries. Get the so garlic fries. I went to a Giants game. My ticket was twenty eight dollars. My I got two beers, thirty dollars. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> That's where they get you. That's why you go to that bar on the corner before you go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Andrew, let's talk though. We talked about the Giants. I think the thing with the Giants that we finally can come to terms with to end it is that they are. It's not really a fluke, so we think. Again, don't want to jinx it, but they are a bit more than we thought they were going to be this year. They're legit. The because a good way to look at teams is like, we look at run differential. I mean, you look at the Padres, Dodgers, Giants compared to the rest of the NL. It's thirty plus runs is the difference. Thirty forty runs. The next highest would be the Cubs at plus forty, then plus twenty the Mets, and for a frame of reference, the Giants are plus seventy two. So it's a joke that those three teams are just kicking ass. The Giants have the best road record in the NL and the second best home record as well. They're 19 and 9 at home. Only the Mets are better than them. And that's just wild. I mean, let's now let's go into the Padres though, big dog. An up and down season, but I think if you were to tell me before this season like, "Hey, Tatis is going to miss a bunch of time. The Giants are going to be weirdly fucking good." And you were to tell me that they're sitting at 38 and 30 in mid-June, only four games back. 
I think you got to be a little positive about that, right? What are you thinking? Yeah, because I was more positive because a week ago it was like 37 and 22. So it was, <laughs> it was a lot They've also better. been fuck- getting fucked rest-wise. I mean, a lot of teams have, but the Padres, I think they played like, what, like they're 17 just like, games in a row? Dude, they cannot. They're in such a bad offensive slump right now. They're hitting like 180 as a team the last 12 games. They just live off the home runs. Which you know, it's really frustrating watching that kind of but like it's fun when the guy hits a home run, but it's just like it's nice when a couple guys just get on base, hit a single, keep the rally going, and it doesn't just end like that. Because as soon as the home run happens, it's over, and it's like mm-hmm. we are not going to score for a couple innings. Um, well, Stephen, what do you think about this Padres team from a, a from afar? From a Tiger perspective. From a Tiger perspective, way better than them. Uh, <laughs> They still have the best team ERA, like pitching wise. But yeah, like what Andrew said, like I've watched a couple of games. It just looks like everyone's just trying to go yard. Like it's last year's team, true. like it was like next man up, like get on base, get on base. And then this year, it's like even like Jake Cronenworth is just taking hacks every at bat. Like, is this because is this all from the Slam player. Diego nickname, Steven? Is this are they all like <laughs> buying into that? Like I don't like probably just, I just like, like they have a lot of attention. Much. Are they yeah, are, are the Padres a young much. team? Yeah, very young. So they're buying into maybe a little of the hype, like we were Absolutely. worried about. They just okay. need to simplify it. They'll, again, they'll do it. They'll again, 38 and 30. Tatis has missed like 20 games. Andrew, I think home run. Yeah, so. I think things are looking up from that point. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's baseball. Can you guys talk a little bit about this, like the, whatever the scuzz, the, the glue, the tar that they're putting on these balls? What's it called? Tell me there's until so many. I mean, there's What's even the thing some right now, use... though, that everyone's freaking out about. I don't know. Spider. spider like, yeah, yeah. Spider tack. Dude, Dude there's like, I don't even know. Garrett I just Cole know it's interview. like sticky shit. And Did like, you see the Garrett Cole interview? Yeah. Like, Garrett Cole, have you used spider tack? He's like, I don't know how to answer that. It's like, bro, it's a yes or a no. <laughs> Andrew, it was, I don't know if you saw it. It was, I did see it. It was weird. Like, it was awkward, weird. Honestly. Yeah. And um, then he just like didn't know what to say. And then, but, um, I think if you're asking like my opinion about it, like they just need to find like the right median. Cause yesterday, if you watch the angels, a skate, there were like six hit batters. And that was like the original intention why people did it. Cause they, yeah, they have a little more control and I guess the spin rate and now it's out of control because everyone's spin rate went way up. And then the past three weeks it's gone way down because they're started, they're starting to police it. Um, Does that have anything to do with like the weird things they're doing to the ball? The yeah, it's all. Why does like, baseball do this shit? And I don't know because then yesterday I see just relief pitchers, like the no name relief pitchers, or whatever. Same shit. They got there's just every relief pitcher just has this random stain on the bill of their hat. That I'm still not sure what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand if they're policing. It's like why don't you just like check it after he did that? Like I, well, this so maybe they, just... they need to figure it out because it's bad. And then and you have like idiots. You have like triple-A pitchers for the Angels pitching. They don't know have any control already. And then they just hit someone in the face, like two people yesterday. Yeah. And it was kind of scary. And it's yeah. not fun watching people get hit in the head. It seems that, okay, and if you guys think this is one of the stupidest things I've ever said, please tell me. But, like, imagine if the NBA, they're like, yeah, the ball's going to be uh, an extra half centimeter this year. Or, like, yeah, the ball's going to weigh... Like uh, a couple, oh, yeah, yeah. like it's like, see, 
Well, I see what you're saying about the ball. Yeah, they're, how they changed like, the home run. Yeah, they like made it everything. smoother. You know like two, fuck over shooters and stuff. Like it would be like, oh yeah, like this ball, you'll get used to it all season. Steph, Durant, whoever. And it's like, oh, playoffs, it's a different ball though. <laughs> what are we doing? And I know it's I think different, like, but yeah, it like seems three years ago. Three years ago, like there was like a big like pitching influx. And then, like, the MLB's, like, we're losing viewers, so they made the ball, like, smoother. So, like, it would go farther if hit. And then, like, pitchers just couldn't even hit. <laughs> yeah, just, they like, just changed no, the ball. So you're exactly right, dude, because, like, Domingo Santana, I remember looking, like, two or three years ago, and, like, Domingo Santana, just random players. So everyone had 30 home runs. Yeah, and so then, so like then the offense goes ways up, and guess what? Who watches baseball? The same people that watch baseball. And then the offense goes way down against this year, and they're like, oh my god, baseball's dying. They're killing the entertainment. And guess who's still watching baseball? The only people that watch baseball. And it just stopped trying to appease to these people that don't play baseball. It's bad. It baffles me. It doesn't Backfire. baffle me. And then it makes you look bad, and everyone's like, oh, my God. I was talking to some, some random person that's just based. It's like, don't baseball players just cheat all the time? And I was like, I fucking hate it. They find a it's way. Like, you're, like, you're the worst. It's like, I heard that like notorious. She was like, yeah, I'm sure if we go across the sports, there's just clean sports all the way to throw. But if you look at baseball coverage on ESPN, first of all, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Stephen A. laughing at Shohei Otani being an MVP candidate because he's hitting 278. Yeah, it's Stephen A. That that's a it, that's really bad look, especially bad when the fact <laughs> when there's not that many people hitting over 300 and there's people hitting like 287. That's like the tenth highest average, and it's like, oh, the guy oh I, mean, a- I mean, I think Stephen G- A. Smith has lo- has watched less than. One full baseball game this year. Yeah. He definitely got like a stat sheet thing yeah. out before, is it? <laughs> and the other thing that, um, again, it doesn't surprise me because I kind of like have this pessimistic view about it, but are Sports Center anchors or whoever gonna ever like actually just realize that baseball is a regional sport? It's like this game's been going on for over a hundred years, and you stupid fucks still do not know how it goes. Like, it's just wild. It's like for me personally, like I watch every Giants game. Sometimes I watch a little more, but my ba- I'm gonna watch all the Giants games. Andrew's the same with the Padres and the Angels, Steven the Tigers. That's how it works. And it's just it's just so weird when we get these complaints of like, oh my gosh, the the Braves Phillies game on Sunday night that was going against the NBA playoffs didn't get that many viewers. Cause it's like one, you're going against the NBA playoffs, and two, everyone watches on their own fucking home channels when teams play on ESPN. Yeah. Very true. And then to go off your thing, it was Braves Cardinals last Sunday. It was Cubs got the Monday ESPN game yesterday. Then Sunday, I think it's Cubs Cardinals or Cubs. I might have the least mixed games. The point is, it's the same variation of the three teams in the one week. And it's it's really boring. The Cardinals thing. are like the Spurs. Just boring as shit. They are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> They're just boring as shit. They're so They're fucking really boring. good. Um, okay. Last two things we'll get to today on episode 103. Um, we're going to go through right now the best pitchers we've seen in our young lifetimes. Again, we are all like 25 years old people. So give us a break. I wasn't around in the 80s so um we'll go through that top five and then we'll each end the pod by giving out a random player's name to maybe give you some guys some good memories of the past times of baseball all right 
best pitchers. How do we want to do this? Do we want to go start at one? Five. Five. Start at five? Five. five. Okay, Andrew, you start us off. Number five is going to go to... I hate myself for doing it, but I'm doing it because I already made the point earlier. I'm giving it to Kershaw just because he's done it longer than DeGrom, like five years. Don't like it, but I'm giving it there. Number five. Wow. 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 Um, My number five is uh, Justin Verlander. Maybe my list will be not as in greatest order of you guys, but, I mean, Verlander is definitely one of the top five pitchers I've ever seen. Um, It was... I mean, I, I was about to say it's a bummer he didn't win in Detroit, but I realized he was playing the Giants, so it's not a bummer he didn't win there. But he did go and win, so that I think is good for a player of his caliber. Um, I have him at five, but I also actually, uh, yeah, I have him at five. We'll go with that. Nice. Uh, my five, I'm going to throw in DeGrom. Just from what I've seen the past five years, it's it's insane. Career's it's literally what I have is DeGrom slash Kershaw. And he already has like 1,300 strikeouts and like half the innings pitches. These other guys out of my list, it's he's going to be a freak. And he can hit. He's making, he a, hit. making a case. Yeah, Jesus. Andrew, who you got for? Or, Number four, I got four, the yeah. rocket baby, Roger Clemens. Wow, there he is. He's the girl, I think he has seven Cy Youngs or something like that. Six Cy Youngs. That, that's a good pick. Definitely I, did steroids. Yeah, I don't remember too much Clemens as I probably should, um, and I'm probably gonna give out someone in the same era. So maybe I left off Clemens. But um, what I'll do at four, Mr. Big Dog, is I'll throw Degrom at four. Check the, and again, might be uh, dumb to rate him over Verlander. Some of the stuff I've seen is just fucking incredible. Steven, four. Four. I have Mad Max. Max Scherzer. Ooh. Just a fucking dog. Like, this guy goes, like, eight innings, I swear, every game. Just motherfucking people, like, as he's standing on the mound. Just, <laughs> he's just freaking good. World Series winner, too. Okay. I like that. I like that. Max Scherzer, I feel like I should have had him on. I forgot about that. Um, Andrew. You're Number up. three is Greg Maddox for me. Greg Maddox. There's a stat yesterday, however many batters he faced, Tons and thousands and thousands of batter. He only 317 had a 3-0 count against him. Jesus Christ. So out of every batter he's faced, 317 started with a 3-0 count. That's it. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to get a bunch of eye rolls from you guys and the audience for this next pick. Um, Two months ago. Don't do that. No. It's Madison Bumgarner. (laughs) Madison Bumgarner is the third best pitcher I've ever seen. What I've seen him do in the playoffs, I've never seen anyone else ever do. Is he as dominant in the regular season as these other guys we've mentioned? No. But from my baseball watching experience, what Madison Bumgarner has done in the playoffs, he basically pitched, he won three games in a World Series or something like that. It's yeah. unbelievable. Playoff dominance. Um, and again, I'm accepting that Mad Bum, career-wise, is not Maddox or Clemens, but I also didn't watch much Maddox or Clemens. Andrew, are you annoyed by that? It's a strong, you know, I... I it was a good I should have probably season. put him in. It was a five. very good postseason. He has three rings too. So I yeah, I can't really talk shit on that. <laughs> uh, very good. My third, season. I my I split it because I just saw Kershaw's stats before doing this, like his Kershaw stats, and like I can't leave him off as much as I hate him. But I have him hyphenated with uh, Tom Glavin. 
Oh, fucky Tommy Glavin and Kurt. That guy was just like a Greg Maddox 2.0, but left-handed. And me being a left-handed pitcher, I would just watch Tom Glavin all the time, like YouTube highlights. And this is—is is that your biggest pitching inspiration, Glavin? Yeah, because he didn't throw that hard, but he fucking just dominated. I like that pick. I would just like to say really quickly, Stephen mentioned how he couldn't not include Kershaw. I would just like to proudly say. But I proudly did not include Clayton Kershaw on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Big dog. Let's give him a round of applause for Brian for that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Number two. Pedro. Pedro. There's no crying baby. in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. I mean, Pedro fucking Martinez. Yeah. This is, they were comparing Jacob DeGrom's season to, like, his 1998 season. And DeGrom's actually on a better pace right now, but... I would like to say they was in the thick of the steroid. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. If yeah. you could just stay healthy. Martinez, just uh, he's just going to stay healthy. But yeah. Um, yeah, maybe the coolest baseball player ever. He's right there cool. with a bunch of other guys. My number two is Tim the doctor. Is the doctor. It's Doc Holliday, Roy Holliday. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I left. The, he uh, was he? just there, but I love. He was, he's might be my favorite pitcher of all time. Just the way his wind up, just everything about him, his he's, control, how tall perfect. he was, how he looked at the plate, just everything about Roy Holiday. I was like, God damn, this dude's a fucking badass. So I he's have Holiday at two. Be perfect. Solid. My number two, I got the big unit, Randy Johnson. There you go. Good lord, this guy was like what six eight. I think six eleven. Killed a bird. I think he was six eleven. <laughs> Just, he looks like he's seven five. Yeah, when he's just unreal. <laughs> looks like Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Hopefully, he shoots less threes. Jesus, <laughs> sorry, off topic. Um, the big unit, Randy Johnson. Um, sixteen. Hey, he played on a, a fuck ton of teams too. He was on the Giants too. I remember Giants, that. Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um, his five times Young. Diamond, correct? Dude, he won Cy Young four straight years. 1999 to 2002 or three. I can't read. It's too. Anyways, he gave him four straight years. That's insane. Fuck me. It's during the peak steroid. Like, holy yeah. shit. You're, you're facing Barry Bonds 19 times a year. Can people. Yeah. I mean, is, he's the most consistent, like, hard-throwing pitcher ever, right? That is my number one pitcher. Just a big unit. See... That's- I feel like I should have had him, but again, I didn't watch him that much. So I'm gonna my number one in my my beta list, I guess, compared to your Timmy Jim. I have Pedro. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad pick. He was you. You'd feel very good giving the ball to Pedro Pedro. Martinez into a important baseball game. Mm -hmm. My obvious number one is Verlander, but that's just because I've literally grew up watching him. I mean, yeah. for fucking like ten years. On One MVP. He's, he's the most. Is he, is he the most consistent picture of? I guess. Dude, I mean, he was. I mean, it's him, Kershaw, and then possibly Degrom would be the ones to win MVP. His yeah. pitchers. That's it. But and the funniest thing was like he would start games throwing like ninety one, ninety two, and then like like oh you got a guy on third. All right, I'm gonna just throw a hundred. <laughs> like and then, like the seventh. Like, okay. <laughs> And he's dating Kate Upton, or he's married to her. He's so married to him. Kate Upton, yeah. She's pregnant. Wow. Good. Yeah. Dustin Berlin is, he, is having some sex. There you go. Is he going to be like back in time in like August or something? Or is I he have done? No clue. Is he retiring, you think? 
I think he's coming back, but it, yeah, it's like thirty. I don't back. want him to come back and suck, and then that's like the last image. Yeah, see of him, but. that's a good point. Um, I would like to throw out an honorable. I had a quick question: Did Ray, Ray Holiday threw like a no hitter, a perfect game in a playoffs, right? Ray Holiday, yes, uh, he did. Yeah, I think yeah, he threw no two. Hitter, okay, that's fucking crazy. Uh, honorable mentions: the Reds. I know. Honorable mention: I, I mean, Tim Lincecum. I didn't include him in the top five because of how brief that window was. But I mean, we're talking. I was yeah, saying how talking Pedro's, about three years, he went back to back Cy Youngs. Pedro yeah. being one of the coolest players in baseball ever. Tim Lincecum, I think, is right fucking there. And my second um, uh, shout out at the end, I guess, honorable mention, is the big man himself, Bartolo, Bartolo. Colon. Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, you know, I think he's still like throwing. A, yeah, in Mexico. He, yeah, it's the Mexican League. He threw a complete game yesterday. Whatever team he's playing, the guy just loves baseball. He's 48. He loves it. He's still playing. Wait, and I love uh, that he still plays. Did you guys think about CC Sabathia for this? Yes, he was on my – that was, like, one of my honorable – my, like, my just missed for Halidic, um, DeGrom, Scherzer, Verlander, Sabathia, then Mariano. Cause no Johan Santana. Johan Santana. Was Ibaldo the Jimenez. Ibaldo Jimenez. <laughs> Think about uh, Bartolo. I think why. he had like through thirty-eight straight strikes once in a game. Thirty-eight straight strikes. Bartolo. Bartolo. Probably two thousand five. Twenty-one say. Oh, like God. a three-eight ERA. He used to throw like a hundred, I think. Um, Andrew, uh, what about your boy Jake Peavy? I love Jake the Snake. Two thousand world champion. Jake Peavy. Oh, I was like, what are you talking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Sure, baby. he was real happy with that too. <laughs> he actually was like awful all year. I'm sure, he was really happy. I wasn't. That was not sarcastic. I'm sure he was really happy as like a 34 year old. He finally won. Good for uh, him. Shields. Fuck, who's the guy? I who's love Shane Shields. I forgive <laughs> Shields. I'm all for that. Um, I'm blanking on this player that was uh, Cody Ross. No, it, it was a it was a pitcher. I don't know, but. Uh, uh, remember Jared Washburn? Jared Washburn. I remember Jared Washburn. <laughs> the only thing I have, baby. 2002. Legend. Legend. What else? Um, I'm trying to think of pitchers throughout the years. Like, I mean, was Jake Arrieta good for bat, two years? It's good as shit. Jake Arrieta won, like, yeah, Cy Young and then a World Series. Did you consider uh, Mariano Rivera? I didn't. Not like, no, but honestly, if I would, could rather have... Like Mariano Rivera. No, I'd rather have those. Oh, pictures. I remember who I was thinking of. Maybe the coolest looking player when they're playing and when they're on, it's electric. Barry fucking Zito. <laughs> he has a good book. He came out with a book. Cool dude. Cool dude. Very yeah, cool dude. Has an um, album. Barry Zito has an album. He wrote Yeah, he some, makes music. Yeah. He makes like country music. music. It's like country acoustic, you know. Yeah, it's Barry Zato. He's that deep twenty <laughs> voice. I love it. I'll, I also just need to mention um Matt Kane because he was very good. He doesn't shouldn't be on this, but I just would like to shout him out. And then I will finish with this question on the pitchers thing. Steven Strasburg is he the biggest pitching prospect? of the last like 10 to 15 years. Cause he seems kind of like he was hyped up before to a level, not of Bryce Harper, oh, yeah, but was... it was up there. Wasn't it? Or am I misremembering? No, it was way up he there. was, yeah, he was way up there. Cause I think at San Diego state, like he was pitching, like, he would get like 20 K strike. It was games, like ridiculously yeah. like regularly. 
Yeah, because he came up pretty quick too. Would you say he's had a satisfying career? He has, he has the ring. I think with like, those expectations, anything at. else, yeah. But he, what he's like, won a Cy Young, won a World Series. I mean, he he's good, but like, I think they overhyped. But it's the health thing. It's so hard it's to like live up to that. Like, what, did Bryce Harper live up to his hype? Like, yes or no? Not, but yes he's good. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, all right, this is will be a segment we do at the end of every show going forward with baseball. This is a little nostalgia trip, a trip down memory lane for all you listeners. We are going to say a player and just uh, remind you of that old MLB player. Maybe it gives you nothing. Maybe it makes you laugh like it makes me. I got two to start us off. Garrett Anderson. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> Such a good hitter. Raked. So good. He GA, baby. So lazy, too. Raked. Oh, very oh, lazy. My lazy. Man. Very lazy. Um, and then the other one which I just kind of actually want to ask what the fuck happened to this guy? What the fuck happened to Justin Morneau? Justin yeah. Morneau you know? is like, just where one did he... of those players that I absolutely <laughs> can't stand because he'd always win these awards. and like He has an MVP nobody knows about. Where and then... the Twins would be the best team and they would lose first round of playoffs. Justin Morneau could have been <laughs> dead that. for five years and we'd have no idea. No idea. Who, who won the home run derby, Josh Hamilton or Justin Morneau? Well, the top Josh Hamilton. Justin Morneau won that home run there. He wins <laughs> these awards. He just takes these awards from people who have these Josh amazing seasons. And I don't know where he is. <sighs> I'm, I'm I hope sure he's they, okay. They do <laughs> some like, cover story for Sports Illustrated or something with Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer looking like the yeah. nerdiest guys. And they, I think they tried to call it like the Bash Bros or something. <laughs> it was like, look at these two losers. <laughs> <laughs> Goofy. I haven't seen the sun in like three years. <laughs> they got the fuck out of Minnesota before they opened Target Field. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine. Oh my god. Okay, Steven, who you got? Uh Mr. America or Captain America, David Wright. Wow. Remember how big his helmet was that one? Yeah. <laughs> he had so many like concussions. Oh my gosh. The dudes but... are like yeah, keep going, though. I mean, he's like a football player who played baseball based on the yeah. CTE brain scan. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with that 2002 Angels, David Eckstein. Ooh. This this little, like, blonde-haired kid just playing shortstop. Such just a lovable guy. Always threw it overhand. Hard 90s. He's got two rings. The 2002 Angels is maybe the most lovable team, team. like, underdog story ever. Coming I mean, from a Giants fan. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot. like you could name, like if you think about that team, well, we haven't named Erstad. We haven't named Gloss, Troy Sam. Percival. Yeah. Tim and then Sam honorable and mention Joe, on this is Sorry. Joe Nathan. Joe oh Nathan. Always this guy would like always lead, closer. like he was on the Twins, would lead the league in saves, like just lockdown closer. Then here comes playoffs. Joe just fucking joke. <laughs> Completely forgot about that guy. That's oh, so funny. Man. Joe oh, Nathan. God. What do you got, big dog? So the two I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Todd Helton right now. Todd Helton, Ooh, give it to yeah. Colorado Coors. Colorado Todd. franchise cornerstone over there. Larry Walker. Big. Number 17. Number 17. Great number. Um, love Todd Helton. Yeah, Other guy, favorite curveball ever is Cliff Lee. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Love Cliff, Cliff Lee, Lee was one of my favorite pitchers just... 
like pitch to contact, but then he'd also like strike out 17 some games. And he just throw 90 and the big hook. And he's on the Indians and Phillies. He was, and then he was always followed by Halliday or Oswald or Cole Hamels. Ooh, Those Phillies were really fun to watch. Um, oh fuck! I just lost what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something because we're just—I'm literally just running through old baseball players. And oh, oh, we'll end it with this: Who is the best baseball player in a video game ever? Oh, I know my answer. I know mine. Steven, do you need more time? Yeah, you guys go first. Andrew, you go. John Dowd. <laughs> He's MVP baseball, baseball 2004. He was, he was uh, Barry. He was the white Barry Bonds. That's so funny. Because Barry didn't want to be in the game, so they made him John Dow. He wouldn't let him. <laughs> and, and then they I, had an MLB the show. Reggie Stalker was Barry Bonds too. He's a free agent, yeah. a 42 year old free agent, lefty outfielder. I will throw two at you. Um, I might have already thrown this at you before, Andrew. Grady Sizemore. Oh, that guy was so good. He was so fucking good in the show. And then this is a, a very random one, but he was he raked. He was on the Cardinals. He was also on the Padres. But Ryan Ludwig, right. motherfucker, <laughs> did he has work. Such a, his stance <laughs> so hittable he, in the he show. Hit bombs, unreal. Stephen, what you thinking? Uh, Manny Ramirez from MVP Baseball '05. Oh, that, yeah, that was a cheat code. And then uh, David Ortiz. Yeah, David Chris Davis on the Orioles. For some Ooh. reason, yeah. like, I mean, his power is like 99, but they gave him like good contact too. It's just a joke. That guy can't hit. Fucking Still getting bar. paid, I think. Yeah. Adam Dunn. Ooh. I'm pretty sure Johnny always has Adam Dunn on his like ultimate teams when he plays like <laughs> MLB because the dude just rakes. Wait, Adam Dunn <laughs> spent most of his career on the White Sox, right? White Sox and White Reds. Sox, Reds, Nationals. I think back in the day in high school when we did those like 2K leagues, I would just draft like the biggest power guys because <laughs> you can that's just all, make that's contact all. all the time. Yeah. Um, wow. A nice trip down memory, memory lane there, folks. Steven Andrew, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Um, thanks for joining, boys. Got it. Fuck LeBron. Fuck LeBron. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. I'm that the, the Lakers are out. Darn it. Fuck the lake. Dang it. <laughs> Fuck up. Of course, though, that of all people to beat them, it's Chris Paul. So I can't even enjoy it like yeah. 100%. But yeah, I still I enjoy it. Now everyone's starting to root for the Suns. I'm starting to get sick of it. I yeah. want them to win last round. I'm over it. Rally the Valley. Yeah. Clippers Bucks. Clippers Bucks, yeah. Um, shout out to Stephen Facer and the, the stuff he's been going through with his jazz. jazz Bucks. Yeah, you know what, Stephen? Let's go to Jazz Bucks. For Steven Facer. Awesome. Shots fired at Josh there, big dog. That's usually Steven's role. It is. <laughs> it is. Talk to you soon, Josh. All right. Uh, this has been the Pineapple Couch, episode 103. Talk to you guys next time. Thank you.